children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating and that is a lot. Dan, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. It feels like it's been longer than two weeks since we've done a show. I I don't know. Uh, and then we had to sit through that just debacle on Sunday. I mean, that was one of the... I, I told you this privately, but and I always pick on Steve Stenstrom, and it's not personal. That was the, the year that I felt so much just apathy when Kramer went down in 98 and we had Stenstrom the second half of the year. And it's like he had to play eight games and it felt like the longest eight games I'd ever watched. Like, just, just fucking let the season end. Sunday was the first time I felt that way, I think, since Stenstrom, where I'm watching the second half with just, just cavalier eyes. Like, I just wanted to end. I'm like, I don't even care. And I, I don't want to say I don't care right? because this is my passion, but I didn't care. I mean, I was like, oh, just get it over with. And maybe a fields play Sunday that'll reinvigorate me. Plus it's Green Bay. But man, it just felt like a fucking a, a nightmare that wouldn't end on Sunday. Do you, do you did you feel that way? I, I sort of feel that way. I, I still am taking a lot of interest because really – this is what I've been hoping for for many, many years with the Chicago Bears is for a general manager to come in to the organization and just blow it all up, start from scratch. And, and at least now we have the advantage. He has the advantage of knowing that he's got a franchise quarterback. There is Let's a, hope he thinks he knows that. Well, yeah, you're right. But I, I got to believe that he's been seeing what we're seeing is that this is a special 
player. This guy could end up being on that Mount Rushmore of Chicago sports, Michael Jordan, Walter Payton. I don't know who the third person is, but the fourth person would be Justin Fields. It's certainly so, not Jose Abreu, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Swanky. Uh, everybody in the in the chat room, uh, welcome to Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. I don't think I, uh, Santucci is here tonight because I think he's in Taiwan or Thailand. Or- yeah, he went to the Philippines, didn't Philippines, he? Philippines, yeah. So, uh, he, you think uh, he's in the lady boys over there? he shows in the movies he used to do and well he did tell me the story of him going into a bar and paying a whore to suck a a dog's dick no 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 that wasn't too i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) that was somebody else um but yeah there's a lot of freaky stuff that happens in those countries man that's wild what is this handsome duke saying here he says i fucking love dan man love the michael jordan and justin fields comment you made about ryan post such a great point dude notice your talent in the room do you know who handsome duke is i don't but i appreciate mr duke's uh, comments he fucking loves you man and he's ready for tonight's show and again welcome everybody so uh I'm going to miss the Tooch here because he usually handles uh, comments in the chat. Although sometimes I, I see him and he's busy looking at his bets up on the screen. And there'll be a comment on the screen for like 20 minutes because he's what, he's taking a look at the fucking basketball game or whatever. So I'll try to do uh, as at least as good a job as him. And uh, we'll also do the media mashup. We'll talk a little bit about free agency. And I want to play a little uh, quiz game with Aaron, uh, with uh, Dan Aguirre about Aaron Rodgers, because that's really my first topic. We'll play the game a little later, but my first topic is I don't care as much about draft position as I do about beating the Green Bay Packers Sunday. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Unequivocally. But I, I'm. I hate to say this. If if field, I mean, and I like Trevor Simeon, fine. But if Fields doesn't play, yeah, it's not going to happen. If Fields doesn't play, I mean, especially with you know Jackson out now. Hopefully, we get you know the rookies back in the secondary this weekend. But right. Rogers could be yelling. He owns us again with like 400 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to have that good of a game you know, not one of those mega Rogers games that he's had. So I think he's, he's eminently beatable. If at least fields is there, if fields is not there, then forget about it. You know, I mean, like you just mentioned with Eddie Jackson gone and then the, the rookies coming back from injury, hopefully um, it's not going to be enough in the secondary to uh, keep them to under 20 points. You're going to need to score the type of points Justin Fields has been leading the Bears to these last four or five weeks. So um, my hatred for Aaron Rodgers, and I never thought I'd be I'd be saying this, but you got into my head because you, <laughs> you use that about Aaron constantly. I mean, you've been like a fucking methodical machine saying how much you fucking hate Aaron Rodgers. I never <laughs> thought that I would meet anyone in my life that the kind of hate that I had for Favre but now we've got Rogers mm-hmm. and someone in my personal life. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, but Rogers, man, it's just like, you know how everybody now, whenever there's a, a breakup or uh, anything, they always say the other person is a narcissist. It's, it's just, everybody says that, but Aaron Rogers is a narcissist. I mean, he like, God, if you listen to anything he says, I mean, it's always about him. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. like he was yeah. saying that he was struggling because he had a broken finger instead of saying, oh, I'm just struggling. And then he, he claimed that he had some kind of broken rib issue that was proven not to be true after Sunday's loss to Philly. And then there was question. He was, I was like, like I told the other day and last night, there's no way he's not going to play because in his own mind, he's unbeatable against the bears and he wants a victory. He wants to keep saying he owns us. There was no way his ego would allow him to miss Sunday. I knew he was going to play. You're absolutely right. And you know, when you first started texting me and telling me that you hate him and hate him and it was, you kept repeating it. I was thinking, man, that's really harsh to hate another person. But I'm I'm right there with you now. <laughs> I hate him. I I just hate him. I think he's a bad person, you know. And and narcissists, as you say, are very very difficult people to relate to, to work with, to be friends with, to have as a family member. I mean, we you know here at the bar room, we've had some narcissists too, and that we've had to deal with, and it's a very very challenging thing. My professional career, I've had to report to CEOs and presidents of divisions and stuff who were clearly narcissists. And that was a, the fucking, you know, that, that was draining, man, trying to maintain my integrity, you know, and not tell these guys to go fuck themselves. Right. <laughs> very, very difficult. So uh, and, and Rogers is that guy. And I think everybody in the Green Bay Packers organization, with the exception of a handful, perhaps feel the same way about him. They don't like him. He's a liar. He's a fucking narcissist. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. He's he's still playing in the league just to fucking, you know, soothe his ego. And uh, that's why this game to me is so important. And I see people in in, in the chat room. Uh, J-Rock, for instance, says it's not worth giving up draft position just to beat the Packers in a meaningless season. What do you think I have to disagree. Team? Respectfully, I have to disagree. I think is badly because we were two and one. So we've lost what eight of nine. Yes. If the math is right. That is and that's bad. tough. I mean, that's tough. Like we lost eight in a row in 2002. And I thought that was horrible, mm-hmm. but eight of nine this season is bad. But if somehow, if you could, I want Rogers to play the whole game, not get hurt, not have an excuse. And you could beat them at soldier field that alleviates some of the sting of these eight of, of nine losses. And maybe that's the meathead fan in me, but it does. It feels like, okay, all right, at least we got this, you know, Mm -hmm. at least we've got this if we can win. But if it's another just terrible loss, then again, I am not on this. Well, let's lose as much as we can train. I just, I can't, I can't rally to that. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting there, frankly, uh, but not for this game. There's no fucking way. I, I, let's, let me pull up the schedule here. I'm, I'm okay with losing against the Eagles. They're probably going to go to Super Bowl. They're probably going to go to Super Bowl against Buffalo. You know, great chances those two teams in week 15 and 16 that the Bears are playing are going to be Super Bowl teams. They're definitely serious Super Bowl contenders. Then week 17 against the Lions, you know what? I've been saying this for a while. I hate the fucking Lions, and I'm hating them even more because they have so much more talent than the Chicago Bears. And week 18, the Vikings are going to the playoffs. They're fighting for a division. We may beat beat them that week only because they might not show up, you know, because I have a bye and say, yeah, we're not showing up for that game. Sorry, Dan, although I know you guys got tickets for the game, but we're not showing up. So – 
Look at the, the last five. It's Soldier Field for the Bears. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's a, that's a neat thing. I, I, I heard somewhere that the Bears play all their December games in Chicago, which is pretty cool. It's only three of them, but. Right, but still, yeah. And then the Lions are on, I guess, January 1st, right? Correct. And Correct. then Minnesota's the 8th. Right. So this is the game to win. This is the game to win. It should not screw up our drafting uh, position, but we're going to talk about that on this show because uh, on our media mashup, uh, Parkins and, and uh, Spiegel did a nice segment about what you can do as a football team by trading out of that second uh, pick, overall pick, and so, or even the third overall pick. Teams that are quarterback starved will fucking give you a lot in return, and so. You know, that, that would be nice. At, at this point, I'm with everybody who says it's a fucking meaningless game, except the Packer game. That's always going to have significance. And I never always thought this way. But after, what, 20-some years of fire uh-huh. and Rodgers fucking owning us? No, this fucking matters now. If I could share a story with you real quickly. Sure. The other night I watched, uh, I was telling, I said this last night, so I apologize if anyone heard the story already. I think it was Sunday night, late Sunday night. I watched the bears at green Bay from 1991 Thursday night football. So long ago, it was on TNT. Mm-hmm. Remember TNT uh, carried football back in the day, mm-hmm. but green Bay had Don Mikowski. So last year before they get far, the bears win the game 10, nothing. And the crowd is just all over green Bay. And they're like, there's no offense here. This everybody's got to go. It was so great hearing the the people of green Bay, just that unhappy about their team and how badly they sucked. I loved every second of it. And then yet I know in my head, man, they're one season away from Favre though. That turns everything around for them. It's like, we got to get back to the Packers of 91 where they can't score any points. Cause as you know, anytime something goes wrong, their fans don't have the wherewithal to stay with them the way we do. I mean, there's no way the Packer fans would probably become Bear fans if the Bears started winning the way they did in the 80s. Yep. I mean, they, they, they're they just so spoiled. And, and, like, you know, look at Rodgers. Like, we, we hate Rodgers for obvious reasons. But if we were Green Bay fans, I mean, we would love him, right? At least we should. Mm-hmm. And the moment he starts to struggle a little bit, they're like, I'll bench him, trade him. It's just like, where, where's their fucking loyalty, man? Exactly. They, they, uh, they don't. They they're not fans. They're just bandwagon fans. They they are. When I first started this whole thing, it was the NFC North uh, bar room, and so we had bar rooms for each of the four NFC North teams. And I spent a lot of times trying to build up the Packer bar room thing. So I would do a podcast. I went to Wisconsin to record. It was the worst time of my life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that the one thing that it was. So apparent from going up and meeting Packer fans week in and week out was that they are the most entitled fan base in all of football. And, hey, congratulations, you know, you guys have the most NFL Super Bowl and NFL championships in history. Um, you've, you're, you're a storied franchise because of, of Vince Lombardi and that whole mythos that uh, was created by NFL films. Congratulations on that, but... Titles are not fucking guaranteed to you. Don't call yourself title town and don't, and don't believe that you're really title town. Yeah. You got the most titles, but that doesn't give you that fucking title. And for you to be so fucking smug about it, 
you know, <laughs> my Wisconsin friends are probably looking at me and saying, I can't believe Aldo's talking that way about us. <laughs> oh, fuck him. <laughs> exactly. If you had kept doing the Packers bar room, you might be, you might be uh, like uh, in some like sanitarium threatening suicide right now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, keep interacting with them. Oh my gosh, you ain't getting. <laughs> would right. be worse if you had to like follow the Packers every day and interact with them, or just like listen to Hannity every day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the Republicans. I'm sorry. Uh, Foster Covers wants to know your feelings about the Bears potentially losing a record they've owned since 1921, and I'm assuming that this is the career one loss. Oh, uh, the most victories in, in the, the league NFL. in the NFL. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm sure it's, it's going to happen this season. It, it's, it's gotta happen this season, considering that it feels like at this point, we're somewhat tanking mm-hmm. and, and now you lose Mooney and you, you lose Eddie Jackson. It's just fuck, man. If fields doesn't play, I mean, it's going to be tough if fields plays anyway, because the defense is so wretched and yeah. just so abysmal. But my God, if Fields doesn't play, I don't know if we'll win another game. Yeah, well, I again hope we don't. <laughs> See, I, I can't, I can't think that way. I just I've don't never because that before in my life, Dan. But here's the thing. Here's why I'm feeling, and I apologize. Apologize. No, go ahead, please. Is because I've always asked for this teardown. You know, to fucking you know rip off the fucking rugs. You know, everything, everything out. Get everything out. But wait a minute, Justin. You come back here. You come back. And yes, please stay. <laughs> we're going to build around Justin Fields. And because I've been asking for that, because every fucking general manager will come in here, will do it half-ass. Keep Cutler for two, three years. Keep this other quarterback for a year. Not draft a quarterback because they think they got somebody. It's just been bullshit. The right way to build a team is to tear it down. That's the way I've learned how to general manage football teams. And so – because of that, I think that the best, uh, the, the most expeditious way to get back into the playoffs is for us to lose our games. We get that second overall pick. We trade that into a fucking bounty, you know, a bounty of picks or player person or whatever. And hopefully Repose is the guy to do that. And we now, all of a sudden, in 2022, we're fucking cooking, baby, with fat lard, you know? <laughs> See, the thing that, that I stress about is that over the last 30 years, the Bears usually miss on their picks. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, other than Erlacher in 2000, of course, they had Mike Brown in the second round. But beyond that, I mean, like, again, let's just say we took the second pick. Mm-hmm. And like we got the second pick and, and actually utilized it. May I remind you, Mitchell Trubisky was the second pick overall. And I liked Mitch. I did. I wanted him to do well. But obviously, he wasn't worthy of that pick. You know, Cedric Benson, Curtis Enos, even the late Rashawn Salam. I mean, uh, you know, was kind of a bust. And Stan Thomas, all these high picks. Chris Williams, you know. I guess Kyle Long was was a good pick at first rounder. He just got hurt. Yeah. uh, Michael Haynes. I mean, there's been so many bad picks that, like, I just, Kevin White, I, I, if you told me that the Bears swung and missed on their pick, I'd be like, of course they will. Mm -hmm. 
Dan's uh, Mr. Shorty is saying Peanut, T. Harris, Tank Johnson. Come on, Dan. But no, he's he's referring to first round picks. The only one in that. I was gonna say Tank Johnson wasn't a first round pick, and he had problems with guns and his friend getting killed in a nightclub. So right, and Peanut was not a first round pick. I think he was. He was third, right? Maybe third, yeah. And I mean, yeah, Peanut was a good pick, obviously, and Tommy Harris before he got hurt. But uh, his point is that the Bears have not had a lot of success with first-round picks. Yeah, the first-round picks, exactly. I mean, off the top of my head, the ones I can think of that were positive, mm -hmm. I guess you could call Trace Armstrong yeah. a decent pick, okay pick. Curse Conway, good pick. Yep. Jim Harbaugh, pretty good pick. Yep. Erlacher, good pick. Yep. Tell me somebody else. Well, I, I, what you're getting to is – Justin that Fields. Justin Fields, that's the one. <laughs> that's, that's the one. What you're getting to is that the years that we've had success uh, with uh, uh, that that period of time, you look back of, uh, a couple of years earlier, a year earlier, two years earlier, three years, there was a, a, a series of really good drafts. Right. And so that's what we need now. We need that now. And the chances of having a good draft are better with more draft picks. So, you know. Well, let me uh, ask you this real quick then. Cause I don't watch college football mm -hmm. and uh, the other Dan was talking about uh, this gentleman from Alabama last night. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if there's some way that we could get Richard Dent like consistent pressure and oh, that guy's available and it's your pick, wouldn't you take him as opposed to trading down? See, that is the $64,000 question. And, and I actually, he's not my number one pick for this draft. It's the nose tackle out of uh, Georgia because this defense needs pressure up the middle. Uh, and so um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, uh, but the nose tackle from Georgia is a, a, a almost a sure thing three tech who, play, who would play that position like Tommy Harris did to give you some appreciation to what he could do. Yeah, before Tommy got hurt, he was a monster. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so that's what this defense needs. And so uh, Jalen Carter, thank you, uh, brother, uh, brother Dan. Uh, so, you know, yes, it would be very difficult to bypass what is a, a likely superstar. Now, everybody's going to, you know, you can't say 100% on, on anybody, but you know, the higher the draft pick, the more the chances are, you know, this guy's been thoroughly vetted by all 32 teams. If there's a consensus that this guy is going to have a great NFL career, it usually pans out. So, um, unless you're Tony Mandridge, exactly. The incredible bulk. You're absolutely right. There have been a lot, you know, Mitchell Trubisky was the second overall pick and a lot of pundits had him as the best quarterback coming out at that draft. I didn't, I'll say for the 5,000th time, but you know, yeah. There, so there have been some mistakes. There's no doubt about it. Um, Coffee and bears set, asked the question, why are you so bitter about Rogers? Laugh out loud. He owns the bears and is a hall of famer. One of the greatest to ever play. I respect them. You want to go first or should I? <laughs> you go first. Uh, you're the only, you want the same rant that I always give? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, to me, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, both of us have lost our mothers recently, uh, I, but it's for someone to just not care about their mom, to not care about their dad, to not care about their brothers. Like as soon as you get paid, you just tell your family to go fuck themselves. To me that again, that I, I just, I can't get on board with the person that just doesn't give a shit about his parents or anybody. And then 
he has that he, he's in a homosexual relationship, which again, I have no problem with. It's not my thing, but who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit if I like girls? What difference does it make? The point is he's in, he's with this guy, Kevin, whatever the fuck his name was. And then Kevin uh, is disappointed, Aaron, because he's supposed to come out and tell the world that he's gay, like to help Michael Sam or whatever that guy was, was drafted by the Rams. And then he says, no, I'm not going to do it. And ghosts his boyfriend and never talks to him again. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it's like this guy interpersonally, like you said earlier, is not a good guy. He just, he ghosts people. He, he, all he cares about is himself and money. He, he's narcissistic. And, you know, if you're a Bears fan and you like him out there yelling, I own you and all this shit, claiming people were giving him the middle finger. When you look at the fucking footage, there was no, I didn't see anybody giving him the middle finger. I just, I mean, the guy's a liar. The guy's a, he's a bad guy. Now, I don't know if he's going to go to jail, like maybe Favre will for this welfare scam slash cure that's not a cure for concussions and clearly lied allegedly i don't know if he's going to be that bad but he seems like a, a wouldn't it be ironic 30 years they kick our asses but both of their quarterbacks end up in jail <laughs> it would be <laughs> justice is what yes, it would, it would. <laughs> that would be i so think funny. it's a piece of fucking garbage man is what i'm saying he's he's just a bad guy Yes, Caesar. So that is why he, he well, Caesar is was asking the question. Rogers is gay, and then he googled it, and so now he's saying so he really is a Packer. <laughs> well, again, there's nothing wrong with being gay. No, and, and I'm not mocking not... him for being gay. Right. I don't know you're not either, and neither was Caesar. I'm just saying I I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want anybody to say we were homophobes or something. It's just the point that again, the moment that. He's supposed to come out and have this solidarity with the other athlete. He was putting himself out there as being the first openly gay NFL player. And then it, he disappoints his partner when he, he goes back on his word and then he ghosts him. Right. And right. They, you know, he's just, he's an asshole, man. By the way, in the uh, Jeff Perlman book, Jeff Perlman, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a prolific uh, writer. Is this when you went up to far? First thing you said to him was, hey, grandpa. So where you're going with? <laughs> no, I wasn't going there. Oh, okay. Another, there's another story in that book. You, uh, Perlman wrote a book called Gunslinger. It was about Brett Favre. And, and he devoted a page or two to the whole Aaron Rodgers is gay kind of thing. And the reason that started in the Packers locker room, according to Perlman, is because Rodgers would never talk about his sexual conquests. Everybody else, especially Brad Favre, would talk about, yeah, I fucked her, I fucked that one, I fucked her, I sent a dick pic to this. That's what I was about to say. I sent a dick pic. You know? <laughs> That's right. And Rodgers would never say anything. And then at events, like the ESPYs, he shows up with that roommate guy. And then he was quoted as saying, you know, this guy is really special to me. I met him when I came to Green Bay. We became close friends, you know. And they were living together. They were living together. A lot of hugging. So that's how that whole thing started. It started off in the locker room, and then it's, the evidence started to uh, uh, pile on. And then he, uh, Rogers was finally asked about it by an enterprising uh, uh, Milwaukee uh, radio person. And uh, Rogers says, unequivocally, I am not gay. I love 
this is how he put it. I really, really love women. <laughs> women. <laughs> you know when somebody says, yeah, I, I really, really didn't do that. <laughs> it sounds so guilty. Uh, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, if, if, if he is gay, then the only thing that I would blame him for is not coming out, not having the courage like Michael Sam to, to come out, because that was another thing that I read about was that Rogers uh, uh, allegedly was ready to come out with another NFL player, but Rogers backed out and right. people assume it was Michael Sam. And that's when his guy was like, how could you do that? We've talked about this, his uh, partner, and then he ghosted his partner. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and it, I mean, isn't it obvious how many, how many female male heterosexual relationships has Rogers been in the last five years? How many times is he engaged and immediately they get, they break up. It's like, he's clearly hiding something. He's like so desperate to be in a relationship to mask the fact that he's not gay, mm -hmm. which I have sympathy for. Actually, it makes me feel bad for him. Cause just come out and say who you are, man. I mean. Right. I had a very good friend who was uh, having all sorts of issues, medical issues, psychological issues and so forth. And it was because he was hiding his homosexuality from his family. And that's all oh, that's got to be rough. Yeah, dude, you got to, you know, you understand they won't talk to me, you know, uh, you know, being gay in that family is like verboten and, and no way I can do it and so forth. And the poor guy, man, he's. He, he came close to death because of you know all the pills that he was taking and and he was just fucked up psychologically so it's it's, it's a terrible thing and we need uh, you know jocks you know if if Rogers is gay we need for maybe Rogers is not the sterling example of what a gay man should be with his bullshit approaches to uh, all sorts of things but anyway let's get off that topic we we got more Rogers stuff to do in a little back in a little bit I was. <laughs> J-Rock says, Rogers is Brokeback Mountain. Um, in a little while, we're going to do more uh, Aaron Rodgers. But let's talk about the Chicago Bears. But before we do that, um, Retro says, Dan, what the fuck is going on with this thing? It comes in and goes on. Dan is the man. I don't know why he hates me. I've never overtly said I wish him harm. <laughs> just subtly. I love you, Dan. I just want your Bud Light. So there's a, a love message from Retro. I don't think of retro at all. I don't hate retro. Okay. Are you guys gay? <laughs> I just, I mean, again, I just, I, I, it's not like I'm worried about him being outside my house, but when someone just continually disseminates like <laughs> immature threats about coming to harm me, I mean, not that I thought any of them were realistic, but I mean, what am I supposed to like fucking jerk him off now? I mean, you know, retro threatened to kill you is that what you're saying remember he kept saying he was coming to my house or all this stuff and yeah. you know it's just that I, I didn't think it was funny and i i still don't think it's funny i mean and all of it just some because i didn't like the three stooges it's just like i can't believe this is a legitimate conversation topic i by the way, uh, to uh, change uh, directions here, because Joe, Joe just asked me, how you doing, buddy? I, I'm doing good, man. My father-in-law passed away last week. It was uh, really, the guy, you know, lived to 90. Uh, the, unfortunately, the last year of his life, you know, he started to break down a little bit. So we put him in a, a, a nursing home and uh, the last month, he always wanted to hit 90 because his father lived to 98 and his mother lived to 102. And this guy, you know, 
if he would have taken a little bit better care of himself, he would have probably lived 115. He had a fucking heart that that, that was like belonged to a gorilla. But um, he didn't uh, take care of himself. He lived to 90, and those four or five days that we were at the home, it was excruciating because he had a lot of water built up in his lungs. Oh. And so there's that gurgling noise, and yeah. then it would stop breathing for a few seconds, and you're wondering, is he going to take another breath? And then he was gurgle again, and that went on like for six, five or six straight days. And my wife and her sisters and uh, my my stepdaughter and uh, other nieces and stuff, they went through hell because they were they tried to be there as often as possible. And so um, it was not not a, a, a good time. And but uh, funeral and all that stuff was this past weekend. And and so we're good uh, getting back to normal, hopefully. Well, again, I, I've told you before off air, but, uh, you know, goddamn, I wish there was something more poignant to say other than I wish you condolences. But that's just horrific. I'm sorry that your family had to endure that. No, we're all, we're all good. Thank you very much for all the kind words and stuff to everyone. Uh, Rich Kid says, the, hey, uh, it's Draft Dr. Phil. He's here. Hey. hey, hey. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> we, we, uh, we miss you, man. <laughs> Sing us a song. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's get to our media mashup. Um, Let's see. I think it was about 22 minutes and uh, let me do a better job than I normally do setting this shit up um, because I almost feel bad for our audio podcast people. They're probably wondering, well, who, who said that and who said that? But if you're watching on the video, the names of the radio stations and hosts uh, are on the screen. But I'm going to start off with uh, Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich uh, really as you would imagine, really being upset about uh, the game against the Jets and, and really lambasting uh, the coaching staff. Uh, Biggs, Brad Biggs on WSCR talking about that the depth of the team was exposed, but things could be worse if the team didn't really buy into this hits philosophy. Uh, Burns and Holmes, uh, Dan Bernstein kind of uh, ranting about the need for a center on this offensive line. Parkinson Spiegel on um, the uh, value of that uh, overall second pick, the draft stuff. And then uh, uh, wants that talking about the defensive scheme. That's not the order they're in, in the, in the video here, but uh, that's it. You want to say anything before I roll this brother? Are you losing any faith in the coaching staff? I am starting to uh, feel a little like you do about uh Alan Williams, but I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt because the talent is not there. You know, now some people are saying, well, you can be creative and create a pass rush. That's easier said than done. If you have no talent, you have no talent. They don't, those guys might not have the talent to pull off a, a stunt or, or some exotic blitz scheme and so forth. And as once that is going to say in these clips, now it's going to be even worse because you got new guys coming in. You can't stop to teach them shit that you've been installing throughout OTAs. You got to call basic defenses. And so now it's player versus player, mano a mano. The other team will be doing a creative stuff, but you, if they follow Wanstat's advice, they're going to have to keep shit stupid. I mean, <laughs> keep shit simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The kiss formula. <laughs> no one has been more disappointing this year, perhaps on the Bears, more so than that, uh, Gibson. Mm-hmm. You just, it felt like he was an up and coming kind of guy and he's proven to just be a, a fucking wasted draft pick at this point. 
You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, King Pookie uh, lost uh, his uncle's mother passed away and grandmom died the same week. Man, it's rough, bro brother. Uh, hope you're well, King Pookie. Yeah, same, same. Um, all right, so here's our media mashup. Uh, Dan, if at any point you want to stop it, uh, just yell. I shall. Eber Flus, you and you guys, there aren't a holes big enough, small enough, whatever enough for you guys to hide. You take this team into New York totally and completely unprepared to play this game. Now, somebody tell me different. You saw a magnificent game plan offensively and how to attack the Jets. What, like that team is the juggernaut? Defensively, we don't go after Mike White, who nobody has ever heard of, their starting <laughs> quarterback. You got to love these guys. I said that last night. I mean, I, I hadn't listened to the post game, but I told the other day, and I was like, who the fuck is this quarterback, and why can't we get any pressure on him? <laughs> Nobody knows him. A few people who know, knew him said that. This guy's got a lot of promise. But trust me, he's, that's going to be the best game of his fucking career, <laughs> given who yeah. he was playing against. You know, it's, there's no doubt about it. You just know. you got to hit him. Like, when you got a guy like that that's like 22 or 29, yep. I mean, how's he going to – How's he, you keep hitting him a few plays in a row. Let's see if he continues. To, to be so accurate. I doubt it. I, I got to tell you something, Dan. You know, there are certain times where you got to lay in a, a, a dirty hit. You know, I, I, I hate to say that, but when I played, there were times, you know, a, a second after the guys released the ball, you give them a fucking hit and, and get into his head because you got to do it somehow, some way. Now, I'm not advocating that you fucking, you know, decapitate the guy. Charles Martin. Yeah, exactly. I'm not advocating that type of play, but you got to figure out a way to get into the guy's head. And the Bears never did. That guy looked so fucking comfortable in the pocket. It was so embarrassing. Every time the Bears lose to a guy like that, whether it's Brock Osweiler or this bum or that bum, whomever it's been over the years, it's always a guy that they never pressure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we let the kid take us apart. He passed for, what was it? You know how many starts he's had, folks? He's had total six games he played in. He's had four starts, and he tore us apart. How's that possible? How? Well, when you, you're down three out of the starting four in the secondary, and you have no pass rush, zero. Next man up, Danny. Well, I got it, but I'm just telling you, you know, unfortunately, we're paying $180 million for pass rushers other places. And we we just, you know, and, and, and the pass rush has has gotten worse as the year has progressed. And where it should be seeing bright spots with, you know, Travis Gibson and and Eugene Robinson, them making some plays. Zero, nothing, zero. And I, I I don't I don't know what to tell you, folks. I'm just saying, the the offense has you know had so many so many bright spots where you could say you could build on this and do this, go play action, do this. You got David Montgomery running his guts out, and yet. We don't even try any play action. You know, we did try to that do was some sinful, of the boots. Dan. Well, but don't but, even try a play action play. And it's crazy. You know, we did some of the boots, but the Jets made adjustments. I'm just telling you, when you're a buck twenty five million under the cap, 
you're playing with the B team and the Jets. They took care of business. Well, I got here's, a here's a stat, folks. Okay, Trevor Simeon, our, our starting quarterback today, the first 30 minutes of football, the first 30, uh, 30 minutes, folks, he was 8 in passing. He was 8 of 11 for 127 yards and one touchdown. Don't go there, OB. Don't go there. <laughs> I just wanted to comment. I said this last night, too, not to be repetitive, but the David Montgomery thing. I think he had 80 yards rushing and he seemed to be like he had his mojo on Sunday. Yes. And the thing that I don't understand, I'm not one of these guys that's saying like, like last year I was saying run the damn ball, bald fuck. But this year I'm not, I'm not mad whenever they start to, to pass and get more aggressive, but when it's working, when it's working, they'll go three or four drives without giving Montgomery a handoff. Like Sunday, it's not even like Herbert's there. Although the the kid from the Titans that they have, that twenty one, looked explosive. When, but I'm just saying, with Montgomery's, he's doing well. I'm telling you, there was a period where they went three or four drives without giving him a handoff yeah. when they were still in the game. That's how you get out of the game when you you, you have Simeon passing every play, and, and it, you're not utilizing the man who's running well. I just I don't understand Getzey gets out of what's working too quickly. Well, and I don't know if that's true for every game, but I definitely got the impression this past week that he really wanted to test his passing game out. You know, he had a veteran quarterback, a true pocket passer, and he wanted to try some things out in the passing game, which is why he perhaps made some bad calls and and, and did not call the run again uh, as much. But I did, if I remember correctly, when I looked at the ESPN stats, there was a pretty uh, even ratio of runs to passes. Uh, but again, in that second half, they weren't moving the ball. You know, the, the, the pivotal point in the game, Dan, was at the end of the first half, they get the ball back, right, on the kickoff, three and out. The fucking Jets, they went three and out too. So we get a chance. Get some fucking points. Get within a point, you know, tie the game, whatever. And again, three and out. And then all of a sudden the fucking Jets took over. They scored on their next series. And uh, the Bears uh, became predictable with their play calling. The defensive line for the Jets just started teeing off on the offensive line. And the game was fucking over. So, anyway. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It was. (laughs) In the prior 11 games, you know how many yards in four quarters Justin Fields averaged? 128 yards four quarters of passing in the National Football League in the year 2022. Trevor Simeon came out of nowhere, went 8 of 11 again for 127 yards and one TD. Now, folks, there's something wrong here. I mean, there's something really wrong. And we got five more games to go. What the fuck is he talking about? Oh, he, he always says that Fields is not a uh, a starting quarterback. He was advocating, a, I think it was after the Falcons game, to make him a slot wide receiver. Oh my god! Yeah, Hampton was like, I can't agree with that. <laughs> Hampton thinks he's a quarterback, but Ed just doesn't. See, Ed probably doesn't own a smartphone. Probably. Uh, the latest bit of technology that he has is probably a beeper, a pager, a fax machine, because he doesn't realize that this is the way the game is going. These 
these athletic quarterbacks are going to take over. And, and Mike is the same way. Mike uh, North wants the pocket passer. He wants the traditional pocket passer. Those days are gone. And for those people who say you can't win with those these new quarterbacks, watch what Jalen Hurts is doing. Watch where that team is going. That's this is it. This is it's being written now. Now some people are going to say, "Well, look at Trey Lance. He's not going to ever." Yeah, there's going to be failures in it. There's obviously just just like there are failures with dropback passers, you know. Um, but if if you were to do a, an extensive survey of quarterbacks who in in the last ten years, dropback quarterbacks to scrambling uh, running hybrid quarterbacks. I th- I bet you in terms of success or g- games won or lost, it would be very very close, and it's and it's and and it's going to get better and better for these running quarterbacks. And Justin Fields is going to be a superstar because he's going to add to his passing accuracy, a- add to his knowledge of the offense, n- and develop rapport with receivers, and also get better line play from his offensive line. He's you just you just have to project. You have to look at it and see. This is where it's going. This is where it's going. And guys like OB, they don't see that. This coaching staff failed this team. The kids, some guys I saw, I, 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 they were not giving it at all today. But I'll tell you what, to go down out, and we won't know with much clarity until later in the week. But, uh, but you know, just gen, genuinely bad news when you think about where the Bears are at. And, and how they're now going to have to deal with injury. They, you know, they've been a relatively healthy team. There is a hierarchy to any team. There is a reason guys start over other guys. And now you're getting to a point where your leading receiver in the receiving core anyway, not the tight end or the running back, is equanimous St. Brown. And that uh, sends a shudder through any quarterback room. Yeah, they've... Uh... Yeah, they're having their depth exposed right now. And what did we say? I think we had a conversation about it at some point a week ago or so where we were talking about some of the issues on special teams. And I think one of the explanations was, well, they're, they're using um, some, some guys who on a regular NFL roster are probably twos as starters. So, therefore the guys that they had available for special teams here maybe aren't on a lot of other rosters. They've got threes. So now we're seeing uh, more of that depth really uh, put to the, put to the grind here. And you're hoping to see some, some guys be able to take advantage of some opportunities. Are they, are you going to see something amazing? No, but maybe see some bright spots where you're like, okay, um, need to see some more of this guy like this he's he's flashed a little bit here let's see some some more of this and they, they just haven't gotten a lot of that this year you know i've been harping on the defensive line lately what have you seen from travis gibson or dominique robinson that makes you feel comfortable with either one of them being a starter next season and they've had ample opportunities so those guys are healthy right now but injuries in a lot of other places, and, and that's really going to stress this roster. I would imagine we'll see uh, a couple moves uh, as the week uh, unfolds. Yeah, they've got a bunch of complimentary players, but no players really to compliment, and they need some of those centerpieces moving forward. That's an off-season project. In the present, Brad, yesterday 
Matt Eberflus pushed back a little bit, a little defensive when asked about the hits principle. I understand what he was saying, and, and I understand why he would push back. What did you make of his answer to the question about um, the hits principle? Well, you know, that that's a good question. And, um, you know, you look at where they're at with uh, the, the turnover margin, and I, I think they're even. He talked about that. You'd, you'd like to see him be a little bit better uh, than that right now. Hey, they didn't play well in the second half of that game, okay? That was that was a rotten performance by the Bears in the second half of the game against the Jets. Leading up to to that, they had been in some pretty close ball games, right? You know, there were some losses. They were stacking losses, but they were close games. Here's what I will tell you, um, guys who evaluate this for teams have been saying to me all season. And, and that's one thing they've come away with is, Hey, that, that team plays hard. Okay. In fact, I got that yesterday when I got off the plane and I was texting with a guy and um, the thing he had to say about the bears is that they're playing hard. So I think um, that dovetails into that hits principle, right? When you talk about hustle and intensity and things of that nature, you're not seeing a lack of effort from from this Matt Eberflus team. So I can understand him um, giving some, some pushback there on that. I mean, the, 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 but you could have a hits principle or a whatever you want to call it principle. When you're three and nine, you're not good. Okay, so uh, everything's fair to, uh, to question, but I, but I think they are getting um, – it, at least the first two uh, letters in that equation with, with the hustle and the intensity. Yeah, you know, I, I don't argue with you, Brad. I do think- what did you think about what he just said there, uh, Dan? You got any thoughts on that? I felt like I've watched a couple of games where people were loafing. Really? Yeah. I, I think you're right in that, you know, that the whole thing, I mean, you watch any NFL game and, and even good teams, their players are loafing, they're tired, you know? Um, I, I think the, the theory is good, uh, but the possibility that you can execute that 100% uh, percent of the time, I don't think that's possible. But here, here l- listen to what Chubb says. He says, who cares if they play hard? I care. You should care too. You know, and he goes on to say, if they suck, the defense sucks. And, and then the last game, they didn't look like they were playing hard. Well, I don't know. I, I think what we saw out there were just a bunch of guys who fucking didn't know which way to run. They didn't, you know, there was a lot of guys, you know, second and third stringers in there. And so we saw a bunch of Keystone Cops play, especially in the second half. It, the bottom line is, is that there's no talent here. And when you have great talent, you can f- fucking not know a play and still do something great on it. Some of the guys the Bears have, if they don't fucking know the play or 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 or, or playing, you know, by reacting quickly as opposed to thinking, which is what we were seeing out there on Sunday, you're fucked. You're fucked. That could be an indication your coach isn't that isn't that good either, though. It, 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 that is true. That is absolutely true. The position coaches and the defense and the defensive or offensive coordinator, whichever you're talking about, uh, could not be doing a good job of getting through to these guys. But again, you know, 
it's hard to teach a guy who has not had success somewhere else. You know, well, I mean, if you're if you're saying that they're not good because maybe they they lack speed mm-hmm. or they lack quickness or whatever the 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 attribute that we're using to say that that means they're not very good, at least have them in the right spot. Yes. Like maybe they're two steps too slow, but they were there, but they just missed, you know, but it seems like, like you were saying they're out of place. Mm -hmm. So are we saying that the players aren't good because they're not smart and they're not able to, and I don't want to call anyone stupid. I'm just saying, are they, are they not able to make the plays because mentally they can't hack it? Or is it because the coach can't teach? And I don't know the answer to this either way. It's just, it's something I worry about. I'm like, Especially after listening to Ed Obranovich, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Eberflus is a fuck up. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I personally think it's too early uh, to judge these guys. I think they need an opportunity to coach some good players. Uh, you know, I, I bought into what a lot of what they said preseason and early in the season when they were winning a couple of games here and there. I bought into that, but. You know, what happened during that period of time? You traded away Robert Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks last season. You traded away Roquan Smith, who was leading the NFL in tackles. You Now you got injuries on top of that. What Arguably, I'm not, again, I'm not going to tell you Sanborn's going to be anything but a couple of games wonder until he shows otherwise. But so far, he's probably exceeded what Roquan was going to do. Because Roquan will have one good game and then he's missing for a month. Mm-hmm. San, at least Sanborn has had a just a, a cavalcade of tackles. Yes, indeed. In fact, he's had more tackles uh, since Roquan Smith. Uh, so <laughs> that's a very interesting stat. All right, this is uh, Juan's stat now with uh, David Cavalcade. What are you trying to get out of your defense? You still have to play five more football games. Yeah, that, that's, the, you know, the, the team really, and, you know, we we had one turnover. We only had, what, one or two penalties. I mean, we did not play a sloppy football game. We just played a football game where we weren't good enough. And, and I always looked at it this way, Cap. If guys, and I should have said this last night, I'm glad we're talking now. You know, when I would be a head coach, and if I had guys running clean free, Okay, on defense. I'm calling my defensive coordinator in, and I say, we got a problem. This team, either it's too complicated that the players don't understand it, or it's not worth a damn, okay? But it's a scheme. If we've got players in position and the other team's making the play, I would tell my coaches, keep doing what you're doing. Keep coaching it. I got to get better players. We don't have good enough talent. And that's what I see with the Bears. We're handing the ball off, and they're running, making some yards on the run and pass. It's not because they're tricking us. They're, they're really not. I mean, you know, their guys are, are just making more plays than we are. Now, with the injuries, to get back to the original point, you do, you're going to have to keep it simple. The worst thing that, that Matt Eberflus could do is come in with new guys that aren't as talented and aren't as experienced and start adding a bunch of new things. Now you're going to get those guys running free and you're going to give up some real easy scores. So do what you've been practicing all along. Do what you guys they need. What they need. They need a center. Mm-hmm. They need a kick-ass center. When you watch what the Eagles do, 
They're running the same stuff. Yes, they are. But this this stuff with Jason Kelsey, as opposed to Sam Mustafer, is night and day. And Jason Kelsey is appointment viewing. Watch what they do with him. Look at what his athleticism, intelligence, strength at the point, everything he does, it changes all of their offense because of how great he is. And I'm not even talking about the tackles. And you've got two great tackles. Tackles are, tackles are real good, they're, they're great, but this, this is why I asked Tim Jenkins about it last week. This is why I asked about the, how, how to rebuild an offensive line for this offense. And he said in, out. Yep. He, he said, guard, center, guard. And whatever you think of Lucas Patrick, I don't know what they think of Lucas Patrick. What we saw, he had one good half is what I saw. But I want to start with an absolute stud center. And then I'm going to feel. Find, finding those guys is really difficult, though. Like finding great centers. I know. Is hard. I, it's no harder. Than I actually think it might be the hardest position to scout because if that guy is is a great center, he's usually recent in recent years. He's in that college, guy is he's gone, usually, or, or is he more valuable to different offensive line positions? Someone's moving him to guard right. or something like that. I just I think it's a hard position to scout. I think it's a hard position to know and. And say, all right, we're, we're going to put some resources into like finding a great center and valuing like if you're thinking the draft, where what type of pick would you be okay with? Like if the Bears end up with two high ones, for example, because they traded out, are you okay if they were to 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 take a center? If with it's pick a, number eighteen, if it's or a something generational like that? difference maker, I know that last year it was Tyler Linderbaum the kid from Iowa who was just ridiculously fast. And I haven't followed him this year. I don't know if he's going to be the all-rookie center or not. I agree with you that it's a difficult position to scout. But I want Ryan Poles. I, I trust that he knows what he wants and that he understands what I'm talking about, that when it comes to the, the, the center on offense and the three technique on defense, that you're really talking if you think you've got those guys. I, was- I got to uh, interrupt here a second. Um I got into a Twitter beef with uh, someone uh, and ba- basically it's there, there, there is the, the feeling out there that you got to invest a lot of money in high draft capital to build a good offensive line. Now the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is considered the best in pro football this season. They're doing like Bernstein said, they're doing some incredible things. All right. So Travis Kelsey, he was drafted in the sixth round. The left guard, Jordan Mylata, drafted in the seventh round. And he the motherfucker didn't even play college or high school football. He was a rugby player. Um, Isaac Simola was drafted in the third round. I forgot to write uh, down uh, one of the other players, but he was also a mid-round draft pick. The only first-rounder on that offensive line is Lane Johnson, the right tackle. He was a first-rounder. You know, offensive lines are built all sorts of different ways. Um, did I say Travis Kelsey? I meant uh, uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, th- thanks, Mo. It's it's 
you know, yeah, we can devote first round draft picks to offensive linemen. I, I won't have a problem with that. I believe in, in investing in, in the trenches, defensive line and offensive line. But again, this team has got so many fucking needs. And what we're seeing right now is that a fifth round draft pick guy named Braxton Jones has had a really fucking good rookie season for a guy who, Again, was selected in the fifth round, didn't play against great talent in, uh, in college. He has adapted really well to the NFL. Give this guy another year, another two years. In the meantime, you can scheme. You can have tight ends, you know, help Braxton. You can do all sorts of things to help the kid out until he becomes as good as it appears he's going to be. So the whole idea that we should get rid of Braxton Jones uh, uh, or bench him or move him to another position, to me, doesn't make any sense. What, what do you think about that, Dan? Uh, I don't want to say you're wrong because at one point, I don't have the numbers in front of me. At one point, he was giving up the most pressures of any other left tackle. So I, I when you said he's having a great year, I thought, ooh, that might be a stretch. That's what I thought. That doesn't mean that I'm right. And I know that he's a middle to low round pick playing his first season, trying to figure it out at left tackle. And that's difficult for anybody in his spot. So maybe all things considered, maybe we should appreciate him more, but I, I don't know. I mean, if you're telling me there's some way to upgrade over him, then I, I would take that opportunity, especially given all the money that you have. And it, it couldn't hurt to have him compete. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if, and I agree with that approach, if there is a viable player, a left tackle, either free agency or, or NFL, that is just too good to pass up. then yeah, you, you think about making that investment and, and the competition is good. And Braxton could perhaps play in the right tackle position or move inside the guard. Who knows? Competition is good. My only concern is, there have to be certain decisions. If you've got a guy who's right now looking like he's going to be a, a – and freely, he has been a serviceable left tackle for the majority of the games this season. He hasn't played great. You know, Charles Leno never played great. He was serviceable. And every other team has serviceable left tackles with the exception of four or five other teams. There, there, aren't, there aren't many superstar left tackles in the league. And they're, they're just not enough to go around. And so when you got when you find a guy like Braxton Jones, who has the capability, the potential at first look at his rookie season, has the potential of being one of those top 10 uh, offensive tackles. I don't know if you uh, if you move on. I mean, I know Skokes in the in the chat room. He's been pounding his chest for Braxton Jones since uh, before the draft. And so. um. I don't know. It's a it's a topic we'll be talking a lot more about in the coming weeks once we get into the player acquisition phase of uh, of what what's going on with the Bears. I just wanted to point out if you look at the last Super Bowl team we had, Olin's a draft pick, mm -hmm. Roberto Garza, Ruben Brown, mm -hmm. John Tate, and who else am I forgetting? Fred Miller. All four of those guys are free agents. And they signed them all within like a two-year period. So yeah. it, it's it's plausible to suggest maybe with all that cash that they rebuild this line this season and this offseason and make them better because all those guys I just said were basically signed either in 05 or 06. Right. And then suddenly their solid line 
blocking for Thomas Jones against eight man fronts and going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what I'm saying is if you can get a solid veteran that that's an instant upgrade, I'm not going to say no just because we drafted him. Like I hope that I hope that uh, Poles isn't one of those guys. It's starting to worry me when I keep seeing Valus Jones getting playing time. It's just like. Dude, he almost fumbled again, but he's a third-round pick, so they're going to give him 75 opportunities. But Nikhil, uh, Harry, Nikhil Harry, who, who's done well, is sitting on the bench uh, and inactive. I can only hope that as a result of Mooney's injury, Harry gets a chance to show what he's got because it looks like he could be an asset. He could be. You're absolutely right. I wonder what is going on with Nikhil Harry because even uh, two weeks ago when Valus – was it three weeks ago when Valus was uh, – inactive uh Nikhil was as well so uh this may not be so much as either one of the, or the other it could be something might be going on with Nikhil Harry that has turned off the coaching staff and they don't have him in there maybe it's a minor injury maybe it's something he said I don't know what it is but it's interesting that he has not been getting playing time and I'm with you it's time to take a look at these other guys I would immediately tell Chase Claypool hey by the way we're going to throw the ball to you about I don't know 500 times on Sunday. <laughs> Give Simeon credit for doing that. Simeon at least went to him a few times. Yep. Even if he was forcing it to him, it's just like he was like, well, what's one thing that Justin's not doing enough? How about throwing the ball to number 10? Well, fuck it. I'm going to do that. Right. You know? and, and in fact, in the post-game press conference, uh, Trevor said that he during the week talked to Chase and said, dude, I'm going to be looking at you. Even if you're covered, I'm going to throw it up there and, and I know you can make the play. And I'm glad that he did that. And, and and to Justin's credit, he did that too in that game against the Dolphins. Uh, he did it twice. Uh, Claypool came down with one, and then there was the missed pass interference call by that fucking official oh, God. named Dickhead. I think his name was Ryan Dickhead. <laughs> All right, I forgot to mention that this. I also have a cl- clip from Cap and Jay Hood. This is them talking about fields. Listening to crosstalk yesterday from the Carmen and Yurko radio experience into the Waddle and Sylvie afternoon show. And it was wildly entertaining as Sylvie went right at Yurko. Right at him. Hmm. It was like a little scat back trying to block the big D lineman coming up the middle. We just heard from Sylvie last segment. And Sylvie's point, Yurko's point is the Bears need to learn how to win, not just add talent. They have to learn how to win. I understand his point, but I have to side with Sylvie more here. It's a talent thing. Then Tommy and Carm both said, we think we know who our quarterback is. So as you bring up Justin, in my opinion, we have our quarterback now is he going to be the quarterback in 2028 i have no idea he is going to be the quarterback in 2023 and then you're going to have to make a decision pretty close after that am i giving that guy 40 million a year i would say that you are Mm -hmm. if you gave the complete epitome of mediocrity jay cutler a hundred and whatever million we gave him justin's getting paid yeah but David Kaplan, there's a new general manager in town. I mean, I, I agree. Justin is going to get paid. It, it's clear that he's going to get paid. But I hate it when, you know, people assign, you know, 
accountability, responsibility to some GM on a decision that was made by a previous GM or two or three ago. Don't you? Doesn't that bother you? Yeah, but it's still worthy of a comparison. I think I, I still think that that's not. Again, the last couple of years, Jay was balling, and the fucking you know the defense was really bad. Similar to this year for Fields, you know. So, uh, but again, why, there's no reason to to rehash the Jay Pro Jay stuff. Um, I don't know. I hope Fields is is paid and he's paid here, and I hope he makes us all happy and wins a championship. If he doesn't, I might fucking take a year off in the bar room. <laughs> <laughs> if if for some reason this whole Justin Fields thing doesn't work out, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna I think at that point, I'm just going to admit and, and just acquiesce to say the Bears are never going to win another title in my lifetime. Well, if Fields ends up being a bust. You're much younger than I am, so I will say that. <laughs> Well, you I feel like I'm, I'm getting old, long in the old tooth myself. So, <laughs> getting paid. So, I would not, and I've been clear. If the doctor says a hundred percent, he's going to play. If the doctors go, he's like eighty. We'll put a harness on him. You're done. You are not playing. I, I think you're with me. Waddle's not. I heard him say it. He wants. He needs the reps. I don't disagree that he needs the reps. Mm-hmm. He's my future. I'm not playing him if he is not 100% That's or correct. close to it. There's no reason for him to be out there. I got plenty of film to, to tell me what he can and cannot do so far in the season. He doesn't have to play for me to make me feel good as a Bears fan. I know what he can do and what he can't do either. Now, now the the reps are very, very crucial to his development. I'm not disagreeing with that perspective. Mm -hmm. I do understand that the team needs to learn how to win. But this is a talent thing, first and foremost, on our team. Our offensive line keeps getting banged up. Schofield had to play right tackle because Riley Reef hurt his ankle. Jenkins has been banged up. Why am I putting Justin out there? And then you have people say, well, why don't you just play Justin and don't let him run. Just drop him back and let's see what we do in the passing game. He will get his ass kicked worse in that situation. Not with a bad shoulder. Yes, there is no point on letting pass rushers tee off. Mm -hmm. I mean, no point. Here's what's interesting. You didn't want him to have uh, pass rushers tee off on him when he was healthy. Correct. So now with a bad shoulder, he should be out there just to see so we can evaluate further what Justin Fields can and cannot do. What is the second pick in the draft worth in a trade? And what is the second pick in the draft if you're not using it on a quarterback? Oh, see, this is exactly what I wanted you to bring. So I got it for you. Because because let's say first pick is C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Right. If the Bears are sitting at the second pick, already having Justin Fields and feeling good about that, yes. then, oh, trade down, get two ones, two threes, a wide receiver, and a tray of lasagna. Okay, so what do you want? Because like, So let, let me, I'll, do, I'll do it like this first. Uh, teams with multiple first-round picks – in this year's draft, mm-hmm. 
The Lions? The Lions because they have the one that they got for Stafford from the Rams. Co- correct. So and so that pick is looking like it's going to be <laughs> three. Incredible. Right now, right, right now, right now it'd be three. So right now the Lions would have the third pick from the Rams and their own pick, the thirteenth pick in the draft, and they obviously don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texans. But they also have the first overall pick, but they also have Cleveland's first round pick. Wow. The Dolphins, the Eagles. Man, the Dolphins have two ones and they're having the year they're having. Correct. The Eagles. Is that loud? How are so many teams getting all these picks in the first round? I, <laughs> We're not used to that here. What's going on with that? The well, Eagles and the that. Dolphins? I'm going to tell you. The Eagles, Dolphins are going to be in the Super Bowl and each have two picks in Correct. the first round. Correct. And so why don't why aren't these teams just giving away their first round pick? That's how the smart teams do it. Every why don't year. they give them to the Bears? You, you want the last one? The Seattle Seahawks. Oh yeah, because they get Denver's, which is looking like it'll be it'll lock for a top ten, maybe top five pick, and they wait have Geno. A lot of them traded quarterbacks to do that. Okay, should we trade Justin Fields for a first round pick? No, no. But what? But all of the trades either were about a, like. The Rams will give you a first-round pick to get Stafford. Right. The Broncos oh, gave the Seahawks a first-round pick to get Russ. To, 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 to get Russ. It all involves quarterbacks. Colts gave a first-round of the Eagles for Wentz. Is that is that one of those, the, too? The, the Eagles. So the Eagles, they had three first-round picks before they send one to New Orleans. So 2016, Eagles <laughs> wanted to move up to get Carson Wentz uh, to move from eight to two. Five picks, oh. including two first-rounders. 2017, the Bears... To move just from three to two, okay? Gave up a first, a third, a fourth, and a future third. Just, if the Bears wanted to just move from two to three. They might get something like that. They could get a third, a fourth, and a third. You shouldn't be using the Bears as an example for what picks they gave up to move in the draft. <laughs> I would I'm, not be I'm, using that organization. Shane, here's the thing. Quarterbacks make GMs stupid. Well, and there's a draft value trade chart. There's numbers assigned to this stuff. Okay. I remember before Pace did it for Mitch, I was like, you know, somebody's going to be stupid. I hope it's not us. And then we were the one that was stupid. Okay. 2021, the San Francisco 49 Now, this was not to move up to two, but it was to move up to get a quarterback, and it was to move up to get for three. They moved up from the 13th pick to the third pick to get the third quarterback prospect, to get Trey Lance when Justin Fields was there for the taking, uh-huh. right? If they would have just moved up from 13 to 10. They could have selected Justin Fields himself. Instead, they moved from 13 to 3 to get Trey Lance from the FBS. They traded Miami, the 13th pick in that draft, a first-round pick in 2022, a third-round pick in 2022, and a first-round pick this year. So three first-round picks to move up 10 spots to number three in the draft Amazing. to take the third quarterback roster. What did Miami do with those picks? Uh, they, did. they immediately turned around and traded one of them to move up to get Jalen Waddell at six. Then they traded to Kansas City some of the extra draft picks to get Tyree Kill, uh-huh. and now they're still sitting with an extra first-round pick this year. So they moved down from 3 to 13, ended up with Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, still have an extra first-round pick. So this is the dream, to have Fields and a top-five pick. To a top-two pick. Yeah, top-two or top-three. You, you, you want the right for someone to trade up to take a quarterback because what's the example in recent history where a team was sitting there with a second overall pick and took the best defensive player available? You don't have to go back too far. 
two years, Mac and I had Ron Rivera on before the draft, and it was so obvious that he was going to take Chase Young, and Chase Young's awesome, but he took Chase Young. Who went five? Tua. Who went six? Herbert. Herbert. What's happened to Chase Young since? Meh. He's been fine when he's played, but he's been hurt. They, they haven't won anything of consequence. Not a transformational player. But if they would have, if someone would have fell in love with Herbert or Tua and been willing to trade up to take a quarterback. Now, there's got to be a quarterback prospect who's there, but by all accounts. We got a couple of them. Got, got, got a couple of them. Like, you are talking about the Lions, for example. You'd have to trade within your own division, but they just did it with the Vikings with TJ Hawkinson. You think the Bears would be in a pretty good spot if they had the third and the 14th pick and an extra third or an extra fourth to just move down? I think it's. I think that's Ryan Poles' dream. It's the dream. I think that is the fantasy. You saw how much he traded down for extra picks this past year, from, and he didn't even have a position of power to have, to be coming from a position of power. I, I just hope he doesn't regret giving up the two for Claypool, but that's a different conversation. But you're... But- I found that talk about the potential draft trades fascinating because we need assets, man. We need to get as many draft picks in here, and hopefully we make the right choices. Dan, stop with the negativity about Stan Thomas. Well, no, I'm just saying it's not a slam dunk, and I feel like that's not just me being pessimistic. I think that's me being realistic to suggest or to surmise that that may not lead to this gold mine you know, and it's just like, oh, I'm so happy we're getting blown out. I'm like, well, fuck, man, I'm I'm not a- any given Sunday. So I'm thinking on that any given Sunday, we can upset somebody. And I'm disappointed when we don't. And But the people that are so happy we're losing, their whole premise is to say, well, we're going to get this great pick. And I'm just saying, pump the brakes. You don't know if that's a, a fact. Well, we might get a great pick. We don't know if the great pick is going to translate into a great play. Well, that's that's essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So if you have to go through the, the shitty season of losing and then you have a bad pick on top of it, mm-hmm. which, you know, I know we have a new general manager, but in previous seasons that seems like the norm, that they but, haven't been drafting well. But, but Dan, you know – you know, you've got enough evidence now in front of you that this team, as it's presently comprised of, it's not going to win. They're not. They're not. No, I know that now, right? So you know, earlier in the season, when you know you brought up the people that we have traded, mm-hmm. and like you feel again, they're four or five games they could have won easily. Mm-hmm. It was just a play here or some luck here or luck there, and it's. And you got at least six or seven victories with the cupboard being bare, so to speak. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so, so, so I'm saying that they weren't that far off earlier in the season. Do you think, and I, I, people in the chat help me out with the responses to this question. Do you think that if the team would have kept Robert Quinn, and kept Roquan Smith, forget about their futures with the team, you know, whatever. But if if those two guys would have still been playing with the team, do you think that we would be in the playoff hunt? I don't know if I have the answer to that, but I can say it appeared that Quinn was having a down year and it doesn't seem that he's done much in Philly either. 
and you got a you know decent draft pick for him. And Roquan again was flashing in a, a game against the Texans and against New England, and then the rest of the games he's kind of not doing anything. Let's not forget we were blown out in Dallas with Roquan there. You know the defense just looked horrible, and Roquan was there. So I'm not disappointed necessarily by those those trades. But I still felt like the defense would be better than what it's been without those guys, at least, you know, capable of holding you to 24 instead of 34, for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah, I think it, uh, the defense, um, you know, never had a chance with the defensive line. You know, Robert Quinn was a disappointment. You know, you were ho- hoping that he would have, if he averaged one sack per game last year, he actually averaged more than one sack per game. You would have at least hoped that he would have had a sack every other game, you know? You know yeah, I was thinking maybe he'd at least get 10. Yeah, exactly. You know, nine or 10 is what I was, uh, you know, conservatively hoping for, but it, it looked like he was going to get two or three for the season. So that hurt a lot. I mean, you don't get a pass rush. Your defensive secondary is going to get burned because they, they can only guard guys for so long. But the other big thing that I wanted to say was that Kyler Gordon's progression as a rookie took a lot longer, and, and still the jury is out whether this guy is going to be any good or not. Um, he certainly didn't look very good in a number of games this season. I think maybe they have him out of place. Yeah, well, the, the word is is that they've given him too many responsibilities. He's in the slot. He's in the outside. You know, he's a rookie. Fucking give him something. Maybe separate. just play him on the outside and yeah. stop putting him like stop switching him. Yep, I agree. You know, they uh, so many fucking coaches do this. Oh, we want to give him a lot to see what he can handle. All right, we can see here after that one play that you're giving him too much to do. So let's fucking stay away. I still think he he's going to be okay. I could be wrong, but I don't see bust on Kyler Gordon. Yeah, I don't see it either. I think he's a really good kid, very bright. He's got great agility. You know, the kid was a, a ballet dancer when he was growing up. You know, Reminds me of Len Swan in that regard. Exactly, exactly. So I, I just think that once he's he's comfortable and he's flying out there as opposed to thinking uh, because he's been given so many responsibilities, I think he'll he'll definitely get better. And I think Jaquan, he, he definitely, in my mind, would have been a top five NFC defensive rookie of the year uh, player, but who knows what the injury where that will, uh, 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 how that will turn out. Let's hope they're both able to play Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. We desperately need those guys, man. We desperately need those guys. I mean, All if right. you get Brisker back there with DHC, I think, you know, he's been here so long and he's like a good guy to come out of the bullpen, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not saying he's as good as Eddie Jackson, or, or but I mean, maybe you could still win a couple of games with, with DHC and Brisker at safety, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to have, okay, if Vildor is going to play one of the spots, you're going to need Johnson with Gordon. You just, you got, you, you're, I don't know. If you've got Jalen Jones, Mm-hmm. And, and Jalen Johnson in Vildor, that that doesn't sound too good, you know? Mm-hmm. Pepe reminds us about Kyler Ful- Kyle Fuller's uh, uh, rookie uh, season, which was bad, too. So I don't remember if it was bad. Wasn't his second year the bad one, Kyle Fuller? Well, he had one year that he, he had 
a minor injury, what it seemed like a minor injury. They did like, they cleaned out his knee in the preseason and he missed a whole year. Right, right, right. That was 2015, I think. Okay. So and then, uh, he, then he came back and become a stud after that, but it looked like the bears would move on from him at one point mm-hmm. just because everyone was questioning his willingness to play mm-hmm. his heart. In other words. Yeah. Um, uh, address a couple of things here. Handsome Duke says Dan made a point on bears country podcast saying, what if Doug Collins came in after Jordan was drafted and said, I didn't draft him. He's not my guy. Ryan Post to Justin Fields. Revisit that, please. So what was that about? Yeah, we were talking about the possibility of the Bears having a second or third pick, like you said, and what if they shock the world and draft another quarterback because the premise being Ryan Poles is like, well, Justin Fields is not my guy. I didn't draft him, so let me draft my own quarterback. And I was just talking about, I mean, how many coaches did, did Jordan have before Doug Collins even got here? Three? Uh, two, I want to say, uh, 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 Kevin Lockery. Oh yeah. Three Stan Albuck and, um, and who was the third guy? I forgot who the third guy, but I'm pretty sure it was three. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's before Doug, but what if someone like Doug Collins or even Phil Jackson, but mm-hmm. Phil was with Doug, you know, but I'm just saying, what if they said, well, you got this great superstar who can't win. He's not good enough, but man, he sells tickets. We could trade him and get you know, a shit ton of and back and and he, we didn't draft him. So why don't we move Jordan is what I was saying. Cause at the time you're saying, well, Jordan's not good enough to, to beat Detroit. He doesn't have enough heart or toughness or tenacity to actually do anything, but have wide open slam dunk contest kind of moments. Mm-hmm. He's he's, you know, you could say these things about him, which would have been wrong, obviously, but at the time you could look smart by saying that like, ah, well, you know, yeah, he won. He he's great in the all-star game weekend, but what is he going to do come playoff time? So why don't we move on from him? Because we didn't draft him anyway. Do you see the correlation? If like Ryan poles could say, well, uh, fields is sort of a highlight machine Mm -hmm. on certain plays, but what is it? He's five and 16 as a starter. So he can't win and we can get a lot and we can draft our own guy. And I'm not advocating any of this, right. but I'm just saying that I can make a, a, an argument where polls would do something like that and piss everybody off. I think. All right. Here's Mo Bierman saying um, crazy idea. If we end up at number two overall, only if polls has a three-year plan, of course, draft the highest coveted quarterback, then put JF one and the new pick uh, up to all bidders and take the best offer. A Ricky Williams type of deal. What do you think about that? Well, as much as I love Mike Ditka, I don't think anyone, and I'm not trying to disagree with Mr. Bierman, but I don't think anyone's going to give up an entire draft again for a, a single player, such as what Mike did for Ricky Williams. And I'm going to be stubborn on this one and say, I think Fields has done enough where they should tell him in the offseason, hey, you're the guy. Don't worry. You're our guy. There's no bullshit here. You're the guy. And we're building around you. We're getting you some help. We've got money. We've got our draft picks finally. Like, you know, it seemed like because of Khalil Mack, we didn't have a draft pick forever. You know, it's like we're going to stock the cupboard again using that same cliche. But you're the guy. So just be well and get ready. Right. I think everyone, again, needs to look to Philadelphia. That's the model. That's the model about 
putting together an offensive line and it's the model of how to work with a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields is, look at what Jalen Hurts is doing. And all of these questions that we have about Jalen, uh, about uh, our quarterback, Justin Fields, are questions Philadelphia fans had about Jalen Hurts. His first two seasons, nobody fucking knew. You know, he was, you know, we got to draft the quarterback. Uh, I don't think this guy is the guy. You know, this guy can't throw. He's just a running quarterback. All sorts of fucking doubts about Jalen Hurts. But I, w- I was praying that the Bears would draft him in the second round because I thought that this guy has something. He's got a a, 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 a aura about him. He's a running quarterback. And so, yeah, it's, it's a new kind of new style offense and so forth. And I think that guys like him and Justin Fields, these guys are going to take over. They're going to fucking take over the league. You're still going to have great pocket quarterbacks. Uh, but these these hybrid quarterbacks, guys that can run for over 100 yards in a game and pass for 200 yards in a game, are going are, are gonna to be what – because college uh, college programs, that's what they're churning out. So we're going to see more and more of that. I, I think Justin Fields is, is Steve McNair mm-hmm. in terms of – and again, McNair is not with us anymore, but I feel like that's the comparison, like – McNair early on, of course, he had the reputation of being able to throw the ball in like Division Three college or whatever. And the question was, can he throw in the pros? And he ran too much early, so to speak. And then by what was a year five, he's in the Super Bowl and loses by half a yard. And then after that, he you know wins an MVP, right? Well, didn't he split an MVP with someone? Yep. Uh, maybe with uh, with Manning, maybe. I don't know. It was like a co-MVP. McNair was a, was a great player who could throw and run and he was tough and can run your ass over. And I think that's the, the model of fields is going to be, or maybe Dante Culpepper before he got hurt and tore his knees up, you know, like cause Culpepper could have been a really, really great player. Had he not, he'd like tore three ligaments, the same injury at the same time. So that, that ended his career for all intensive purposes. And of course, we always bring up Randall Cunningham because what Randall did early on when no other player was was on the field with that skill set. But I see Fields as being Steve McNair, and I think he's capable of being a great quarterback, even if he's not yet. I think you just you build around him. By the way, it was Peyton Manning who shared that MVP award uh, with McNair? Was that 03? Um, that was, uh, 2003. You are fucking unbelievable. Uh, that was just a guess. I thought it was Oh three. And even McNair old with the Ravens was pretty good still too. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a shame how he got killed. It's just, just fucking awful. Let's put, let's put your, your ability, your, your, to remember things, your knowledge, your encyclopedic knowledge to the test here okay Okay, let's go we're gonna play a game that is called true or false and rogers is a shithead okay (laughs) so we start sure let's go we start with this image of aaron in the shitter you you can tell he's taking a shit right now i'm gonna for every time that you answer one of these three questions correctly i'm gonna throw some shit at his face okay okay all right, so true or false? Did Aaron Rodgers say, I think very highly of myself 
I think I'm capable of a lot of things on the field. True. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that really does look like shit. <laughs> it <really is> shit. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. What year did he say that? I bet he said it this season. Uh, I think he says it every season. <laughs> Had he said that when he's backing up far, like, oh, that's cool. But if he said that in 2021, <laughs> then you're making my point for me about him being a narcissist. Exactly. All right. True or false? Did Aaron Rodgers say, if the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID? True Before I answer that, I read something today that he told Deshaun Kaiser, as soon as he met Kaiser, he said, you should do your research on 9-11. It's an inside job. Oh, jeez. Within the first conversation. Uh, to answer this question, I'm going to say he did indeed say this. True. Oh, some more shit on his face. <laughs> God. <laughs> that looks like a cock on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Who did this graphic? It should be fired. Right, so the final one, true or false, I'm going to give you three names that he may or may not have had a relationship with. And let me put them all three up on the screen. Olivia Munn, the actress, Danica Patrick, the race car driver, and Lil Nas, the rap singer. <laughs> <laughs> true or false, did he have a sex with all three of those? Well... I'm going to say false because there's no evidence on Lil Nas. <laughs> there's no evidence of the other two either. They were just kind of like token <laughs> token girlfriends. Why, why would Danica Patrick switch teams? Jesus, we, we don't want you back, Danica. <laughs> I forgot to load my third picture of shit. It was a crown of shit on his, on his head. So anyways, you got all three right. So uh, there you go. Aaron Rodgers is a shithead. <laughs> He is. God almighty, he is. I think at this point, Green Bay would like to move on from him, but they just gave him like $700 million. So, By the way, Chubbs is so right. Olivia Munn is one of the hottest women I, uh, I've uh, uh, masturbated to. <laughs> <laughs> she is really gorgeous. What, what yeah, she if she was on the new newsroom, she looked great on the newsroom. Ah, yes, great show, great woman. <laughs> I'm just saying that's disgusting. Of course it is. Danica is from Beloit, Wisconsin. So I could understand why she would easily betray the Bears. Do you want her back? Did you say you wanted her back? No, we don't want her back. If you're yeah. going to switch teams just at the opportunity of getting some money mm -hmm. or some notoriety or even some dick, I mean, then you weren't really a fan anyway. <laughs> uh Hey, here's our resident Detroit Lions fan. Let's see what he's got to say. The Bears are so bad, I can't even make fun of them. It's like fighting a toddler, and the chat really can't say anything. Oh, come on, Don. We could take it. Bring on your shit. Why don't you jump on the, sh on the show? I'd love for you to debate Dan Aguirre. Don versus Dan. I, like I've said many times, I, I uh, empathize with the Lions being so bad because the Bears have been so bad. But I can say... At least we've won playoff games. Detroit's won one since 1957, and that was in 1991 with Eric Kramer. So it's just like they have, they've literally won one playoff game in a generation. Mm -hmm. So, dude, man, you're going to talk smack to us? Psh, look in the fucking mirror. Thank you. Well said. 
Hey, uh, you know all this fucking money that we got for 2023, uh, $123 million, I think was the last figure I saw. It could be a little less. It could be a little more. It's going to be a lot of fucking money. So, But there are a lot of roster spots to fill out. But I was thinking to myself, all right, if you can get three starters in the NFL draft, hopefully more, but at least three starters, first round, second round, and third round. Um, and then – if you could pick up two dynamite free agents, you know, like in that 15 to $25 million range, then now you should have five really good players added onto this team in a team that is desperate for playmakers. And what I mean by playmakers are just stars. They, they need stars. This team is devoid of stars other than Justin. Who else is a star on this team? David well, Montgomery. Yeah, I was going to say David Montgomery, if if he were given the ball and featured more, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. chance he could go to another team and and be like, oh, the Bears let him go? Mm-hmm. But there's also a chance he'd go to another team and he'd be like, oh, I see why the Bears let him go. So it, it, it's a difficult thing. I would like, if you're asking me now what I want him back, I would still say yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I, I could... I could see him being great somewhere else and then seeing him just be a guy. Mm-hmm. And I agree with St. Omni. There are no stars that are free agents. This is a fucked up year to have $120 million. <laughs> it sounds funny to say. I'll, I'll show you why. Because I was looking at Pro Football Focus's uh, top free agents on their website. They had an article on this. And let me see if I can call it up here without fucking shit up. All right, so clearly, let's see if I can go. Let me get rid of the beautiful Dan Aguirre. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is the top free agent of, uh, who could be available. We're not going after him or Gino, I hope. Exactly. So right there from PFF's top free agents, the, the, the top two aren't coming to the Chicago Bears because we don't want them. We got our own quarterback. Tom Brady, we don't want him. Don't fucking want him. He's going to be working for Fox next year. Yep. Uh, hopefully, well, hopefully he, he'll have one of those like Peyton Manning type jobs where we don't have to see him that often. You know, <laughs> no, he's going to be their number one analyst. Is that right? Yeah, Greg Olson gets to call the Super Bowl this year, and but has to go to the number two team next year when Brady joins. I did not know that. Brady signed a ten-year, like hundred million dollar contract to be their top analyst. I thought it was three hundred million. Oh, maybe whatever. It's 10 years, though. Yeah. Fuck. And, and so we're going to see a lot of Brady on Fox NFL Sunday. Jesus. All right. So uh, Javon Hargrove, uh, frankly, I know he's a really good player. Greg Gabriel says he's not an ideal scheme fit. So, but I don't know. Uh, maybe he's the guy that you're going to look at for a couple of uh, – for. 20 million or something like this. This article says that he's been blossoming, but he's going to be 30 years old. You're going to pay that kind of money for a, a team that's rebuilt. No, we did that with Robert Quinn. <laughs> exactly. All right. Elton Jenkins. I don't want him. I, I, as good as he is, this guy can play all five positions on the offensive line, but he's hurt every fucking year. He's right. Re- returning from an ACL that he suffered in 2021. And this year he's, he's missed a couple of games, at least maybe three or four games with injuries. Jesse Bates, uh, unless Eddie Jackson's not coming back, I, I wouldn't even think about Jesse Bates. Not with 
Brisker and, and Jackson hopefully back at full strength next year. Cornerback Jameel Dean, do you want to pay him $17, $20 million to be uh, the third cornerback on this team? I don't know. Well, keep in mind, too, not to interrupt the list, there's always someone that's going to get cut unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I do say give David the money. Yeah, Levante David, but he's old too, isn't he? He's been around for, for fucking decades. Well, let's see. I don't know how old he is. It doesn't say, so let me look it up here on the Google machine. Fucking Google's awesome. Whoever invented this shit. He's from like LSU or somewhere, right? Um, I think so. 32 years old. Ooh, 32. Yeah, that's bad. But man, he's he's good. Yep, he is good. But I don't want him. Sorry, don't want him. Not at yeah, thirty. Thirty two is kind of. I didn't realize he was that old. Jacoby Myers. Now this guy to me, he's like Allen Robinson. Yeah, I don't want him. I don't want him either. You know, fuck that. I'm gonna give him fucking twenty million dollars. That's what he's gonna get. He's got forty catches this year. He runs a four six three forty. Fuck that! I'm not gonna give yeah. you that anywhere. Now here's a guy, not a great offensive tackle, but he's serviceable. More he's from Notre Dame, Dame, right? Yep, Michael Beglinski. Bring yeah. him fucking fat ass here, and let's get that running game and protect. Uh, so there, there's the first free agent that I would say on that list of top ten that I want on this team. Orlando Brown Jr. I don't want him. Uh, is McGlinchey a left guard or a right guard? He's a, a right tackle. So oh, he's a tackle. Okay. Larry Borum's position. But yeah, Borum, did you see how – oh, man, he was so bad Sunday. Yeah, well – and in that one uh, play where he missed the, the, the rushing guy, yes. <laughs> that was actually on the quarterback. The quarterback is supposed to slide the protection because he knows the protection is going left. And so now you, you can say that uh, – uh, Borum should have said, said, hey, you know, you want to slide the protection and look over his shoulder and tell the veteran quarterback, Trevor Simeon, hey, you want to slide the protection over because nobody's guarding this guy. Uh, but it, it was Trevor's responsibility to slide the protection over to, and, and stop that unblocked guy. All right, Orlando Brown, I don't know. that The image of those tits flopping around at the combine <laughs> tell me no fucking way do I want this guy. And the and, only Chiefs free agent we've ever signed that was ever any good was John Tate. Yep, definitely. Every not. time we get anyone from Kansas City, a coach, a fucking player, front office, <laughs> they're always bad. With the, we hopefully Ryan Poles will change that, but <laughs> stay away from Kansas City. God uh, damn it! It's a fucking fight in the chat room, man. <laughs> Tom Burr is gonna get his ass kicked verbally. Uh, all right, so now here's the guy. Here's the guy that I am going to offer the most money to. I am. I hope the commanders don't franchise tag this guy. I thought you were going to say Roquan Smith. I was like, well, that would be ironic. No. <laughs> Deron Payne, that's the guy. He's the guy that's going to play the three-tech. Let's see what they show, say about him. Payne showed early in his NFL career that he could be a stout run defender from the nose tackle position with his 86 defensive stops against the run, the most in the NFL from 2018 to 20. And he has now continued to build on his pass rush arsenal to the point where he's now a problem for interior offensive linemen trying to keep their quarterback upright. Payne has 80 quarterback pressures since 2021. 80. 
The whole fucking team doesn't have 80 quarterback. In the I don't think we have 50. I don't think we have 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's I would agree. That's a that's a good uh that has target. got to uh happen. Uh hold on, I, I might even have some highlights of this guy here. But let's uh take a look at what we uh will be paying fucking 15 to 20 million dollars a year. Deron Payne, Washington Commanders, midseason highlights. Let's let's bask on the future Chicago Bear. He'll, he'll be wearing number 94. There he is on the sidelines looking sexy. <laughs> Everybody touching his head. Not about that, Ed. All right, here he comes. Here he comes up the middle. That's what I love. Pressure up the middle. I want the quarterback to see it coming. Especially see? to hit Kirk Cousins. You like that, Kirk? <laughs> exactly. Look at that. Doesn't even have his hand in there. Just pushes the guy aside and fucking fucks him up. I was the wrong guy. Anyway, anyway I, I, I want... Darren Payne, I want to fix this defensive line because it is the fucking worst defensive line we've had since the Mel Tucker years. Maybe even worse. This may be worse than Mel Tucker, this yeah. defense. I fucking agree. I fucking agree. I so but my overall point is that this rebuild might have to go into the 2024 season just simply because oh so here we go that's what i keep telling everybody like so let's not throw away 22 and be happy about losing because now now we're not even 23 now we're well 24 will be a, a playoff team like fuck i want to be a playoff team now you know? i need to <laughs> i want to go to that vikings game last regular season game thinking that it matters <laughs> jesus christ what are we going to do? Tony Moya says, what if, what if we signed Payne and drafted that Anderson guy with the second pick? You know what? That would fucking be great. And for those people who say that uh, Anderson is not a scheme fit because he's more of a 3-4 linebacker, then we need to fucking change the scheme. If this Anderson guy is as great as so many people are, are claiming and that he's the best athlete coming out of the draft and stuff, and we've got a scheme that would not – allow for this guy to be a part of the Chicago Bears, then yeah, okay. Then Matt Eberflus and and Allen Williams maybe are the wrong people for the job. I, so I don't know. But that that would solve our pass rushing problems if we had those two guys on the team. You'd like to think. Man, oh, man. I'm getting really well, we had, uh, you know, Mac and, Ro and, and, and uh, Robert Quinn together. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn did better without Mac, but just uh, in the uh, chat room, Casey says, I don't know why that co comes in and then goes away and comes back. Anyway, Casey says that Don Burr is like a swarm of mosquitoes, harmless, but extremely annoying. <laughs> I like that. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got about 45 minutes left. Anything else regarding the bears that you would like to ch chat about before we talk about movies or other stuff that's going on in our lives? Oh, man. Um, I, I'm repeating myself, but I really do want to beat Green Bay. Mm -hmm. it, for all the reasons I've said in week two, and amplify that with the fact the season's been so bad, like just give us something to, to be happy about, something to be optimistic about. Just give us something. I, don't know. I hope number one's playing and hope he has a fucking great game. And outshines twelve. That's that, that, that's my wet dream for Sunday. 
it's mine too. This really means a lot to me. I mean, come on. Another victory isn't going to ruin our draft status. And really, wherever the fuck you draft, you should be able to find talent. If it, This is the season where Ryan Poles is going to have his entire scouts in place, and he's going to be able to say, this is really my draft. And so now is the fucking time. You've got to make right decisions, whether you have the second overall pick, the third, the fifth, the tenth, the twenty-fifth, because you traded out of the first round. Whatever the fuck it is, you gotta hit on these picks and you gotta make some wise investments into free agency. The problem is the moves that he's made already in his rookie season, particularly with free agency and uh have not been you know, surefire winners. And the Chase Claypool trade is still there's a, still a big question mark. I believe Claypool is eventually going to be all right, but there's no guarantee on that. And if he traded a second round draft pick for a guy who was it earlier, I think um, uh, Michael Michael says signing Claypool was a we aren't tanking move, and then we lost every game since. <laughs> that is that is sad. But you got to look at it, Michael, from the standpoint. That first game where Chase Claypool was with the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, we lost that game. It was heart-wrenching, but that was one of the most fun games ever. And that showed everybody what Justin Fields was. He played toe-to-toe with Tua, you know, a guy who's been in the league three years. He played toe-to-toe with the most prolific offense, maybe outside of the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. He, he did a lot of great things and, 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 you know, we're just laying the seeds here of something that could be really great. But again, we get back to it. Fucking polls. It's all on him. It's all on him. He's got to, he's got to bring in the right guys into this organization. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. The next several months through free agency, through the draft, our focus is going to be on that. We're going to try to help these guys. We're, we're going to make better. We're going to make really good decisions for them, Dan. And then we'll, we'll package it all up and send it over to Hallisaw. Well, I, I, with polls, I, you, you heard that, well, he's going to fix the offensive line. He's a line guy, but maybe he was a bad lineman. <laughs> he was <laughs> so I'm saying, like, maybe uh, he he's bringing his bad uh, offensive line play to the front office to, to not fix the offensive line. It's very true. He, uh, maybe he, he, I, I am starting to get scared that he may not be the guy who's going to make the right player acquisition choices, you know, because that's what where this, the future of this franchise lays with Ryan Pose. He is now, he's, he's hopefully, like you said earlier, he's, he has to know that this is the quarterback, that this is the guy. So now you got to protect them, give them weapons. And just as importantly, you got to have a fucking defense that can hold teams down to two touchdowns a game and a, and a field goal or two. Could you imagine if, like, he told George? Because George said last year that he was a fan of Justin Fields. But, you know, Ted Phillips is retiring. And George is kind of like the guy now on an island. What if? Paul's is like, I'm drafting this other quarterback or I want to trade fields. And George is like, fuck it. You're not. I'm, I'm telling you as the owner, he's our guy and would force Paul's out over that. Could you imagine that scenario? I, 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 for the life of me, I don't even think Ryan Paul's is entertaining that. I don't know why this is a topic. I really don't, but because he's not the guy that was here. He was already here. You know, that bullshit. 
Yeah, he's but, not the guy I drafted. You know how hard it is to fucking pick up another young quarterback and then hope that he's the guy. And none of these quarterbacks that are coming. I out, agree. Look at Zach Wilson. Yeah. Oh my God. They've got some scrub. Get the crowd is chanting his name, serenading him because that's how bad uh, Wilson has been. Right. No, I, I I see Justin Fields and I say, okay. Check that off the list, and that's at the top of the list. Check I sure out. fucking hope so, because I, 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 for obvious reasons, I believe Fields has earned that, but I just don't know uh, how the general manager will play that, play that scenario. And how many Justin Fields jerseys do you have? <laughs> well, thankfully, I still have three. Imagine that. that Fifteen fucking jerseys stolen, but I don't even want to talk about it on air for, uh, for legal purposes. Yes, I understand. Jimmy says, Jason Kelsey and Jack Conklin must be our first two targets in free agency, and I would love both of those guys, but Kelsey is like 36 years old, so unless you're going to sign him to a one-year contract to come in and be center, then, then you know, yeah, I would agree with that. Conklin, he's getting up there in age, too, and he's got a really bad injury history, so I don't want to give an offensive lineman who has had issues with injuries throughout his career – a big time money. That's where you get fucked. That's where GMs make mistakes. Look back at Khalil Mack. Guy has been fucking sacrificing his body since day one in the NFL. Why? Because there's three guys chipping at him, uh, blocking him, you know, fucking wearing down his body. And so when the Bears acquired him, he was already, you know, he was maybe at that 2018 season, he was still in his, the prime of his career, but it then started to s- steep downwards as Dan accurately analyzed over and over again. And I would yell at him. Yeah, people <laughs> would give me vitriol <laughs> over the Khalil Mack thing. Cause I was, uh, again, it just baffles me. In my fandom, with Peppers and Mack are the only two that whenever they would fail, people would just immediately come and lie and bullshit and be like, Oh, he was five people were on Khalil Mack. That's why, you know, he didn't have a a stat and a playoff two two playoff games for the bears, no stats, no tackles, no sacks, nothing. But you know, it's because he's constantly quadruple teamed, And that's not, that's not true. We've seen him beaten by fucking tight ends one-on-one. And like you said, so, uh, accurately, how many times, like all of Khalil Mack's success with the Bears came against backup linemen usually or yeah. rookies. That's right. That's he right. never did anything like in an epic matchup, like, oh, it's the all pro right tackle against Khalil Mack. Shut down, mm-hmm. completely shut down. But Bears fans would be like, oh, he was quadruple teamed on every play. Mm-hmm. Just God, why do we have to lie for him? It's it's like he's our candidate and, and we're watching Fox. No matter what happens, we have to defend him. And Chubbs may be right. I don't know for sure that Mac has more sacks than our entire starting defensive line this year, but that's that's not praise. For he three the first week. I bet he's what? What's he at now? Like six, seven? Yeah, I think he's six or seven. You know, he had three in the first game alone. Yeah, that's not praising Mac. That's you know condemning the Bears' defensive line. Yeah. Um, earlier, Tony, uh, said something in the chat that really disappointed me. It, uh, depressed me. He says, what if gets, still doesn't really use Claypool from now on because he doesn't get the offense. I think, I think Claypool who went to Notre Dame is a smart guy. How hard is it for him to play wide receiver? I know it's just, not like he's a quarterback having to 
to know where everybody else is. He just needs to know his own routes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's fine, and it's the Bears holding him back. Shane Omni has discovered uh, why you dislike Khalil Mack because Sean Hannity. <laughs> <laughs> Does Sean Hannity like Mack? <laughs> I think because uh, Khalil is black, I would say Sean definitely does. Oh, like yeah. I didn't think about that. I'm just playing conservatives. <laughs> I bet Hannity is a big Larry Bird fan. I could see that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, Caesar earlier asked, how do you guys feel about Eddie Jackson all of a sudden playing good? Do you want a guy like him on your team? Yes, I want a good, healthy Eddie Jackson on my team, but that's the next big obstacle this team has to uh, get over. I was looking into this his injury. It's uh, plantar fasciitis. Is that how you pronounce it, Dan? Plantar fasciitis? That's it. You know, it's a usually a basketball injury, and it's devastating for people. Glenn right. Rice kept getting that uh, as his career Scottie went on. Pippen had it and it impacted the rest of his career. So yeah, it's not a good one to have. I mean, uh, if you told me that it's like 50-50 Eddie played his last game, I, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. His last game was a bear. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that. Ryan Pose might have to add a safety to his list of 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 players because this injury, you know, if it's really bad, it, from what I was reading, it's either ligaments or the bone tearing off on that instep. They call it like the Liz Frank or whatever, right? Um, yeah. Named after the surgeon who uh, who first operated on on that injury. So um, it, it could take, if it's a real bad one, it could take 12 months to heal, which means his 2023 season is practically gone. So that's- I, I would say he'll be cut in the offseason. Even if it's June 1st or something. Jesus, like a Tariq Cohen kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's the business side. And at least Eddie uh, has been paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and- and I wish him well. I just hope he doesn't go to another NFC North team. I, I didn't. That didn't even hit me like it's hitting me right now. That Eddie Jackson might have just played his last game here. I mean, I was really counting on him for next season. You know how I've always been a stickle of if you find find a safety combination, try to keep them together as long as possible. Uh, you know, you know, and I started saying that with with Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson. You know, who's a free agent uh, at the end of the season? Adrian Amos. Yeah, we don't want to bring that traitor back. <laughs> He's one guy that I would consider because that you you know you now have two players who are very similar, but Brisker is it, it has more ball hawking. Amos has to be thirty one or two now, right? Yeah. He's up there, I think. Yeah. Shit, man, we got it's fucked up. Free agency is fucked up. The Bears are in trouble, man. I'm feeling really down right now. I'm gonna have a drink. <laughs> well, maybe that can be alleviated with a Packers upset win. Bears win on Sunday. That's what I'm talking about. All right, uh, Dan, you seen anything on the tube? Have you had any chat? Yeah, I got a couple things for you. Okay, great. Okay, uh, I watched one, uh, Right off the bat, I watched Sylvester Stallone re-edited Rocky Four. Holy shit! Are you serious? He took he took out all the bullshit. Do you remember Rocky Four well? Uh, that's the one with Dolph Lundgren and Carl right. Weathers. 
Do you, you remember like Paulie had a talking robot and all that oh, shit? Yeah. Oh, that was all awful. this like campy comedy. Yeah, he took it all out. Really? He re-edited it to where it's it's almost it, it went from PG to PG thirteen. Like in the that. re-edit, it's called Rocky Four, like uh, Rocky versus Drago. That's how you know you have the right one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it uh, it focuses. It starts with Mr. T and Rocky three beating him. And, and then that friendship with, with Apollo, mm-hmm. and, but it's really gritty in the way it's edited. There's a lot of different camera angles and stuff that obviously they had in the can mm-hmm. that weren't used in the original edit. So it seems like a different movie in a lot of ways, but it's, it's now a serious straightforward sports kind of film. It almost, it, it's not a, there's no campy comedy at all. Where at is all. This? Well, I had not heard about this re-edit. Where's where can I find it? It's the, the the director's cut for Rocky Four. He he had access to all the original stuff and changed the whole movie. Wow, I gotta the see the only this. thing that I say that he, he didn't change that I that I thought should have, because it's kind of American propaganda, was for them to start cheering Rocky in Moscow is bullshit at the high in the middle of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Would never happen. Right, that would never happen. But in the re-edit, here's a small spoiler. In the re-edit, you know, at the end of it, the Russian people are clapping for Rocky too mm-hmm. uh, when he beats Drago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fucking political Russian guys get pissed off and walk out when Drago loses. So I like that. Yeah, like yeah, they're like pissed off at him. And but there's a little bit more sportsmanship at the end of it. The whole fight's different too, mm-hmm. except like when Rocky cuts him in round two. The the whole sequence of it feels it feels like a, a brand new fight, but at the end of it, like he slaps Drago's glove when he's going out of the ring too. It's like the two guys found respect even after the Apollo death and stuff. Mm. But I, I will say that that was a, a missed opportunity so much in uh, Creed Part Two when they had Rocky and Drago sitting beside each other. Mm-hmm. I thought that they should have had Lundgren say something to the effect of I was young, I was dumb. You know, I I'm so sorry. I've had this guilt for 30 years about killing your friend. And I, I, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. Maybe you don't forgive me, but you know, ha- show some growth mm-hmm. and not saying that they're going to be good friends now, but I thought that was a blown opportunity, how they just kind of didn't talk and didn't give a shit about each other when they had the opportunity to do something. But uh, the Rocky four re it's pretty good is my point. I got you should it. check it out. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. That's awesome. Again, it's got the tag, Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago. So you'll know that's the one, not regular Rocky Four, and it's PG-13 now instead of PG. Mm. Have you heard anything about this new Stallone uh, show? I think it's on Paramount. I don't have Paramount. called called uh, Tulsa King. No, I don't have Paramount either. The women I work with are constantly watching that Kevin Costner show that I just really, really hate. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah, it's like watching Days of Our Lives with fucking cowboys and stuff. It's just- <laughs> well, Greg Gabriel loves loves Yellowstone, and he started checking out Tulsa King because it's by the same producer slash writer, and he, now he loves Tulsa King as well. So I I, I actually saw the first episode of Yellowstone and I thought it was really well done and I could easily get into it. I saw it with my wife. She wasn't as into it as, as me. Oh, I think it sucks, man. Really? Every episode's like who's fucking who, who's fighting who. 
it's like I said, the women I work with have watched like all five seasons with me in the room. So it's kind of just like a soap opera. It is. I like Kevin Costner a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I, man, I don't like that show. I really don't like that show. Chris Gonzalez is in the chat room. Uh, he is now a uh, border patrol agent and he's got border patrol jokes, <laughs> border agent jokes in the uh, chat room. Another, another movie that I watched mm -hmm. and maybe you've seen it on TCM. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even think of the name of it, but it, it had Stacy Keach, who you may recall was the, the cop in up in smoke. Oh yeah. And then in nice dreams, he was the, the, the guy that turns into a lizard from smoking all the weed or whatever. Um, but Stacy Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis are in a movie called, uh, road something it's from 1981. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if you saw it on TCM, but I watched that. And for some reason I enjoyed it. Road games is a road games, that's it. Road games. Australian thriller. Um, Directed by Richard Franklin, the film follows a truck driver traveling across Australia who, along with the help of a hitchhiker, seeks to track down a serial killer. Oh, I got to check that out. Yeah. Again, is it the most realistic film you'll ever see? No. Mm -hmm. But for an hour and 35, hour and 40 minutes, I, you know, took me away from my problems. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I liked it okay. So, you know. I, if you watch in Turner classic, I, you know, it's, it's worthy of your time. I think I love Turner classics. Um, what about, uh, do, 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 what did I want to bring up here? Oh, uh, don't worry, darling. Have you seen that or heard of anything about it? No, don't worry. Darling is a movie that's directed by Olivia Wilde. You know who she is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the actress. Yes. And so this is her second feature and, it stars Harry Styles, the singer, Florence Pugh is an English actress of critical acclaim, and Chris Pine. It is the story of a community called Victory. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, that is run by Chris Pine. He's kind of this motivational speaker, and they're working on some secret mission, and the community is is comprised of everyone that works at this community uh, factory whatever the fuck it is and they're making something there well chris pine is like totally totally trying to brainwash all of the women to become like stepford wives women they do uh. old and stuff and the men are out there working on the secret project and, and stuff so it becomes a uh, the 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 lead character in it is, uh, is Florence Pugh character, and so she's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on here. She starts questioning stuff. It's a so-so movie. I I think Olivia Wilde is really a talented director. She does some amazing camera moves. The 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 uh, cinematography is outstanding, but the movie starts off with this intriguing premise, and then it starts to kind of after the hour mark, it starts to go downhill. So in, in other words, the third act is not very strong, but it, it's definitely one of those movies where if you want to kill a, an hour and a half and watch some, uh, some great cinematography, uh, give it a shot. Yeah, initially, I'm not going to lie. When you said Harry Styles, I was like, Oh, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> My prejudice against, you know, boy band singers or whatever. I, God, I hate Justin Timberlake too. Really? 
Yes. I just, I don't like boy band guys at all. But did it, I, it's funny that you brought him up because I saw like the last half or a portion of the movie, uh, uh, the social network. I've seen the entire movie, but it was on uh, TV and I stopped to watch it. And it's actually the scene where he's playing the Sean Davis character who was the CEO of Napstar and he meets Mark Zuckerberg and, and talks him into, you know, changing the name from the Facebook to Facebook and, and gets involved in the business. And Timberlake, Timberlake can act. And I've seen him on Saturday night live. He's fucking funny. You know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of his music. I don't have Justin Timberlake CDs in my house, but uh, as an actor, I, I respect him. And Harry Styles, I thought was pretty good at acting in this movie. Uh, don't miss me, darling, whatever the fuck it's called. But give it a shot, man. Give these boy, boy band guys a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Victoria says Timberlake is good in in time, in time, a science fiction movie. It's not bad. It's not bad. I agree with you. I didn't see that one either. All right. What else have you seen besides those two? Oh, I have to think. Well, hmm, what have I been watching? I think I've, I've rewatched some stuff that I'd already seen before at work. Like one night I did a 16 hours and it felt like it took 16 hours to watch it because I kept having to hit pause, but I rewatched JFK for like the 96th time. Uh, the director's cut no less. And I know, like I said, I worked 16 hours and I, I'm telling you, it took me six hours to watch the movie because I just kept having to pause when I get busy. Of course. You're, you're not going to tell someone who's calling 911. Excuse me. Can you hold please? So you can watch this is the scene with Joe Pesci as David Ferry. Your fucking, your, your leg thing is going to have to wait. Mm -hmm. By the way, renewable just said the movie alpha dog was wild. And he is absolutely right. Justin Timberlake is in it, and I, that's the first movie I saw him as an actor, and I said, holy shit, this guy is good. Retro has a comment uh, directed at you. He says, Dan is gullible. He thinks I'm so fanatic about the Three Stooges. I do like them, but who at the end gives a fuck? Did Dan say he hates Timberlake? I have renewed hatred for you, Dan Aguirre. Jesus, you and Retro, man. No, this is all Retro. <laughs> I wish he and Don Burr would just go have sex and go to another chat room. Uh, retro, you got to come back with one there. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? I'm from West Virginia, I can be an asshole because I'm from West Virginia. <laughs> Is that what he does? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> the fuck does that have to do with anything? Have you seen a movie called Barbarian? It's out on the uh, pay-per-views or uh, HBO. I think it's on HBO Max. Yes, it's on HBO Max. Uh, have, do you have you heard of it, Barbarian? I have not. Who's in Barbarian? There are no big name actors or actresses. Uh, Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, blah blah blah. Justin Long is a name you might remember. I do like Justin Long. Yeah, he's a good good. I uh, think Tooch talked about this now a few weeks ago. You know what? You're absolutely right. That's why I saw it. And the storyline, according to IMDb, in town for a job interview, a young woman arrives at her Airbnb uh, uh, rental late at night, only to find that the house has been mistakenly double booked and a strange man is already staying there. Against her better judgment, yeah, no shit. She goes inside and decides to stay tonight anyway but soon discovers that there's much more to be afraid of in that house. 
than the other house guests. And it's a great premise, not totally uh, fulfilled, uh, but if you like horror movies, I've seen a lot worse than Barbarian. It's worth worth a look. And the critics seem to like it a little bit more than I did, so you might want to see it. Do you uh, Overall, you love horror movies, don't you, Dan? Yeah, sure. yeah, for the most part. I mean, uh, I mean, I would watch it. I would rather watch that than the um, the one with Harry Styles. <laughs> I've got another one I saw, and it's it's fucking horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Rob Zombie, who is so overrated in music and 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 Movie. films, mm-hmm. I watched his piece of shit film, uh, the Monsters film. Oh my God, have you watched it? The Monsters? The Monsters TV show. He did a made, turn it into a movie. No, I did not know that. It's got to be it's, awful. It's a prequel. Like there's no Eddie in it yet, and it shows how they get together. Of course, he forces his wife in. Is the 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 lady is his wife is in everything that he does. I forget the main, the, you know, the wife, Herman's wife. It's who his wife is portraying mm-hmm. uh, Lily or whatever the fuck her name is. It shows how Herman gets created all this shit. I mean, it's so bad though. Oh, it, it's PG. And even for PG, it's just, Rob it's, Zobby it was made, dreadful. Rob it's on Rob, Netflix. Rob Zobby made a PG movie. What's he got? Yes, kids the monsters. <laughs> it's fucking dreadful. <laughs> that is wild. Uh, it's so bad, like I really want you to see it. But to be fair, I've met a couple of people that said it's like a guilty pleasure that they know it's bad, but they really liked it anyway. Cliff Victoria says that he watched a video on Lily Munster. Turns out she was quite the slut. Who knew? So I'm assuming he is talking about Yvonne DiCarlo, who played Lily Munster in the TV show. Um so correct me if I am wrong, uh, Cliff, but Lily, uh, Yvonne DiCarlo was, uh, had a, a really good Hollywood career in the late 50s. She, was, she played in a lot of uh, uh, crime pictures, and uh, then her career dried up a little bit in terms of feature filmmaking and then moved over to uh, television. So I wasn't aware that she was sucking Herman Munster's dick in between <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that was like. Well, Fred Gwynn was in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> That's right. Fred Gwynn had one of the best fucking voices of any actor. You remember him in um... My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. He was the judge. <laughs> Utes. Did you just say, did you say Utes? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked if you've ever seen a Ron Jeremy movie. Where is that? lost it yeah again my early days of masturbating were full of 1980s porn on vhs tapes yeah those are the ones i could get access to Mm -hmm. so yeah i saw a lot of early 80s porn and i think that's what gave me my love for the bush you know (laughs) that'll do it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah, it's funny because I got a DVD somewhere in the house of a, a documentary on Ron Jeremy's porno career. I've never opened it. It's still in its plastic. Yeah, I, I couldn't give a fuck less about yeah, Ron I don't Jeremy. Know. Or, I, don't I mean, know I guess I'm interested to know if he goes to jail where he's in trouble. Yes, he is in big trouble. I think he, he will be spending a lot of time in jail. But I, 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 I don't know why the fuck I paid whatever it was for that fucking movie. It's like, Jesus, somebody want to buy a Ron Jeremy documentary? <laughs> You know, a movie, a movie, I just rebought it. Mm-hmm. I thought I had it on VHS and like, oh, like 
two months ago, I went to find the VHS. I was like, I'll just dub it over to DVD. And I couldn't find it. I was like, maybe I lost it, but I remember it being so controversial at the time it came out. And I haven't watched it since like 96. It's got, uh, Rosario Dawson in it when she's really young. It's called kids. Yes. Um, it was very controversial film when it yeah. was, first came out. Yeah. Because there's a rape scene and there's AIDS and right. And these kids were, were basically doing this shit. Uh, a lot of critics thought that the filmmaker, I think his name was Paul Clark or somebody like that. Some, some name like that. He was being irresponsible for showing some of the, cause it was pretty, pretty hardcore uh, and having kids act out some of those scenes. Yeah. I just rebought that. I haven't watched it uh, yet again. I haven't seen it since I was in like ninth or 10th grade, but I did just rebuy that. By the way, uh, renewable says that Jane Hathaway, who was Mr. Drysdale's secretary was hot and don't judge him. Do you remember, uh, Mr. Drysdale's secondary secretary? What show is that? Is that the Beverly Hillbillies? Correct. I, I didn't really watch that show. I didn't really like it, but I know that the, the Ellie may or whatever her name is, was like, you know, everyone would have hit it, but I just, I couldn't get down with that show. I, I, I don't like shows like that. Maybe it was too close to home. Mm -hmm. Like I I hate the fucking Waltons and all those kind of the Waltons too, huh? I hate the Waltons. And uh, what else do we got shows like that? Like that wasn't juncture or whatever. Yeah. Petticoat junction was great because of the three cute girls. The girls were fine as shit, but I mean, still, I, I don't like shows that are like, caricatures of the country or something that's what i was just gonna say is the waltons wasn't that i mean beverly hillbillies definitely that was that was a parody of of hillbillies but the waltons was a family drama about i didn't like little house on the prairie either yeah i I couldn't get into that i think they're the same show though they're like cousins Mm -hmm. larry t says hee-haw fuck no (laughs) (laughs) kill me kill me before you make me watch that or andy griffith there was some good banjo playing in hee-haw and some few oh. chicks running around but that was about it <laughs> no that's that's not my kind of I, I guess i've always been you know the opposite of where i live i guess <laughs> oh yeah i've never been into shit like that or nascar for that matter Yep. Cliff Victoria is watching these documentaries about all the sex, sexual shenanigans that were going on in Hollywood back in the day. There's a documentary about a guy who was a, I think he owned the gas station or he worked at the gas station. And uh, this was during the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And uh, some actor of reputable renown showed up and started talking to this guy. I'll I'll try to find the name of this documentary, but apparently uh, it started off a homosexual sex ring and the actors would go to the gas station to get their dick sucks or sucked or to suck dicks. I don't know what the hell is going on. And it it started to get so busy that the guy who ran the gas station said, you know, I got to move this some somewhere else and the hollywood celebrities would say listen you know whatever you need <laughs> we need we need homosex <laughs> and so he he worked out this he was basically a a madam uh so to speak a pimp for these hollywood celebrities let me see if i can find the title of this have you ever heard of this at all no, no. Not at all. something like this 
you don't sound very interested. <laughs> uh, no, not really, to be honest with you. But <laughs> no offense. I, I want to listen to what your viewpoint is. <laughs> I forget it. If you're not interested, forget about it. Um, you know, watching a couple of guys get swallowed at a gas station <laughs> isn't really entertainment for me. But it's just a name dropping. You know, celebrities say, oh, really? Uh, uh, like, for instance, um, uh, uh, Cary Grant. And another famous Hollywood actor, forgetting who it was, but they were gay lovers. That's the guy from North by Northwest, right? Yeah, yeah. He's fucking awesome in that, too. He's like a, it seems like that was like James Bond before there was James Bond. Mm -hmm. Like his character in that movie. St. Omni says his local 7-Eleven is like that guy. (laughs) God, do you remember? I think it was two weeks ago on the show, the last one we did. Uh I brought it up and it, it was a, awkward moment i didn't mean for it to be and i mentioned that the guy had jumped off a building in tokyo mm-hmm. uh when he was still here he worked at a sex shop and like they have that uh that fucking thing they always have in the the porns you know where the guy sticks his dick through a wall and gets blown you know yeah, yeah. whatever that's called i forget what the what the hell they call that but um people is it- yeah yeah whatever he's like oh, dude all i do is fucking mop up cum all fucking night Jesus Christ. Yeah, he worked at the sex shop and he said that's he's always constantly mop, mopping up come from that glory hole or whatever. Glory hole, that's what it's called. Yeah. Renumbo has seen a few glory holes in his day. <laughs> <laughs> you ever gone to one of those? Uh, uh, no, no. I have. <laughs> and then I looked down. The glory hole? Somebody's fingers going through the hole, like going like that. They wanted me to stick my dick in there. I said, ah, I'm going home. <laughs> this is something totally different. But I had it when I was in Chicago last. I took a shit at O'Hare. Uh-huh. And all I kept thinking of was that fucking Republican congressman. Uh, what was his name? Larry Craig that had the wide stance that yeah. would like kick your, like if you're shitting beside you. I was like, God, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to like tap them to like, Hey, let's blow each other. <laughs> I made sure my legs were fucking crossed almost. <laughs> Why would you think about that when you're in Chicago? That was a senator from Idaho. <laughs> I don't know, but I was I was taking a shit at the airport. That's where he was doing it, right? He was like tapping like your foot in the shitter, and he was like, you know, hey, this means we suck each other off. And I was I was like, I don't want to put this vibe out. That's the day the day of my breakup too. That's all I need is for. To seem like I'm, uh, we're broken up. So now I'm going to go suck a cock. You know, <laughs> that's true though. I, I was so so weary. I was like, let me make sure I get a toilet where there's nobody beside me too. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, do you have any other stories like that when you were in Chicago that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was trying to be discreet about shitting at the airport anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> Cause you know, it's like, I do like four flushes. Cause I'm like, I don't want people to come in and be like, ah, damn. You know, fucking Dan, he flies into O'Hare and he's on United airlines. Anybody familiar with O'Hare airport knows that's terminal one. The entire terminal is dedicated to O'Hare. And so, uh, he texts me and says, uh, I'm actually at terminal three. And I'm like, terminal three, that's a long fucking way from terminal one. So, I start driving around and he ain't at fucking terminal three. Well, there was a sign that said three right adjacent to me, though. It's true. It said terminal three that way. <laughs> to say this way. And so well, did- they, they told us where to walk. I was like, how do we get out of here? They just kept saying, walk this way, walk this way. 
and that's where we walked to. So yeah, it took us to the wrong place, you know. Now this is like the second or third time in your life that you've flown. Uh, yeah, but the, the third, but I'd never been to O'Hare before. So yeah, it's an awful airport. Ugh. Hate that fucking airport. Very, very confusing. And you're right. The exits are not well, uh, uh, there isn't signage to make it really obvious. Okay. You got to go downstairs through baggage claim to get the fuck out, you know? And so if you're up in that upper deck where arrivals are, you could keep fucking walking all the way from terminal one to terminal five. Uh, <laughs> As I found out, <laughs> it's really fucked up. God, you think that was bad when we left the United center, mm-hmm. um, myself and Mr. Buffon and, and the former girlfriend, Holy fuck. I mean, we, we walked like three miles that night trying to find a place to get the Uber. Oh my gosh. That, and it was, it was, it was cold too, man. I mean, it was the when, the when you remember that day was the day of the podcast event. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was cold that day. The wind was really kicking. It was probably like 35 or something, but the wind chill was probably in the twenties. It was, it was fucking freezing mm-hmm. and we probably walked three miles the wrong direction. That had to be fucking torturous. By the way, somebody's saying that the Waltons, there's a movie out. There's a, a new movie of the Waltons. Is that like with a recast with John Boy being played by a new actor other than Richard Thomas? Or is that Richard Thomas uh, now like the grandpa in this whole fucking thing? I need more information. Uh, St. Omni wants to know about uh, your breakup. Uh, I don't I don't know what to say on that. Uh, I think there was some miscommunication, but she wanted to move on. We moved on. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, no, uh, you know, fuck it's not, She's not here to say her viewpoint. And, and I think that that's, that's fair for me not to say anything. Very good. No offense. No offense to anybody, you know. Dan just bared his soul as much as he can on that particular topic. And so we'll move I have far worse things happening at the house right now, as you know. <laughs> yes, I know that we can't talk about either until a further date. Uh, do you have anything to report on your sex life? Uh, I got laid Sunday, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't good and, and it wasn't good, but I just did it like to try to cheer myself up after that bears game. Oh, wow. So what do you, jerk off or something is that what you're talking about <laughs> no i got if you want details i mean i ended i got sucked off twice and it still wasn't good i just really? maybe it's just my own me in my own head but i just wasn't no point intended i just wasn't uh i don't know i guess i wasn't really in the the the, the mood so to speak but i just did it like just because it was available mm-hmm. which i don't know if that's good or bad well depends was it through a glory hole like chris wants to know <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> then it's bad it certainly was with the lady <laughs> well women use glory holes too <laughs> right well they're on the other side of it i guess i don't know but no it was it was in you know not in a sex place <laughs> no bcp is asking did you get late sunday too although because we all seem to have uh no i wasn't going to say to my wife hey i know we just came from the funeral of your dad but can, we, can you give me a blow job? you know that's <laughs> the difference between men and women there i think in some level because <laughs> you know as a guy like you said your wife's you know dad died you're like you know you can't 
you can't ask anything. I mean, you just can't, mm-hmm. you know, you just know you're a scumbag if you do. Yeah. On the flip side, if I just come home and my mom died and someone, whoever I was with, and this happened, I, I think I was single, but they just said, Hey, your mom just died. Why don't I suck your cock? I'd be like, yes, <laughs> that's make me feel better. Yeah. You know, but it's like if the woman, if you, if you ask the lady, you're an asshole. But if the lady just suggests that to you, it's like, she's the greatest woman ever born. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I once had, uh, I I should not, I should not say this, but I got to say it since it's bare their souls. Uh, when I was a teenager, I got this, uh, other teenager was a couple years older than me, got it pregnant. Oh yeah. Did you do a Herschel Walker? Yeah, had to do Herschel Walker. And so the kicker to the story, though, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it's true. We had anal sex immediately afterwards. And it's terrible, right? I should not I should not have shared that with anybody. After the procedure? Yes. <laughs> well, you may be sore down there, so let me sodomize you and make you sore in the other hole. I should have kept that to myself. <laughs> no, no, no judgment. At least... You know, Herschel's the one that's like, don't put my name on the paper, bitch. You know, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) now they're saying he doesn't even live in Georgia. Like his house, like he's never lived in it. 17 years he's owned it and he's lived in Texas the whole time. (laughs) St. Ami says the Dan and all the podcast always dissolves. Now we're talking about BJ's after funerals. (laughs) Cliff says that's pretty bad. Although don't know whether to laugh or cringe. I think cringing is the right choice there, Cliff. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> no biggie although yeah that's what she said hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh this comedy stuff is rough all right uh dan aguire you've got to go to work and i'm uh i'm, I'm actually now relieved that tucci's not here so i don't have to do another half hour of this shit <laughs> <laughs> Unless you hope Tooch is not with a lady boy. <laughs> no, I hope Tooch is having a great time. You know, to go on a vacation like that, because uh, I think they were going to Thailand and then the uh, Philippines to go on that with your kids. I mean, that's got to be a struggle. But at the same time, what a great experience for those little ones. Uh, and so I, I'm wishing him very, very well. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. If not, <laughs> maybe he'll have a picture with Pacquiao. <laughs> that's right. Who is the mayor of some town in the Philippines, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, man, that would be awesome if you got a picture of that. I got a picture of uh, here's, here's my uh, claim to fame. That's me and Sugar Ray Leonard and the late Ed Clayton, cameraman at CBS. Yeah, I, I saw that a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I, I can't play, remember who I thought you looked like. Like Jacques Cousteau or somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a scientist from like a a sci-fi movie. You're like telling everyone how bad the shark's going to be and shit, you know? (laughs) Not that you're Richard Dreyfuss, but you you look, like I said, you look like a scientist in that photo to me. Well, I think I've never, ever, ever would have thought that I look like a fucking scientist in this picture. I think you do. Get out of here. It's cool that you met Ray Leonard. I still think he lost to Hagler, but yeah, it's still a great opportunity to meet him. Here's here's the uh, chat post of the night, and it comes from Cliff Victoria. He is suggesting that anal sex would have been a great thought beforehand. (laughs) 
she wouldn't have gotten pregnant. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, I guess it could drip or. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? I, I don't know. I'm not a huge anal sex kind of guy. I don't know. No, I prefer it, it, the other. You you prefer cunnilingus, right? Well, I meant just like if I'm going to use, you know, the, the old the penis, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to use my dick, like I'd prefer to be inside the vagina. Yeah, well, I don't blame you, man. It's like a warm, friendly hand just grabbing my fucking cock and pulling me inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Aguirre, you've got to go save some lives. I'm going to go um, probably uh, smoke a little marijuana or something. You should you should check out that Rocky Four re-edit, though. I think if you like Rocky films, I mean, it's it's certainly worth watching. But that's the only way I can see it is if I have the DVD, right? No, I, I watched it on iTunes myself. Like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I paid three bucks and rented it and watched it from my phone, but I projected it onto the TV, the airplay mm -hmm. at work. I mm -hmm. uh, watched it on the TV through my phone, but it was only two ninety nine to rent. Oh, that's cool. I don't know what other platform. I'm sure it's on other platforms, but I just watched it on my phone uh, to the TV, like I said, with airplay. So... If you're, if you're a fan of the Rocky films, it's definitely worth seeing. And again, it's a completely serious movie now, especially if you like boxing. Mm -hmm. It's really well done. Like he made it a lot more modern, if that's possible, considering it was filmed almost, you know, I mean, hell, it came out right when the Bears Super Bowl, when the Bears won the Super Bowl. So I, I love boxing movies. I mean, I think of all the movies about sports, that sport is, has probably made the best sports movies you know i like the fighter a lot the one with christian bale and yeah excellent mark wahlberg in that too yep mark Wahlberg was in that yes indeed yeah that was a very good film yeah let's talk about boxing movies on a future show i got before you go because i know you watched a turner classic a lot and playing this month on turner classics classics is a movie called seven days in may i've seen seven days in may the 16 1964 political thriller yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched that because Kennedy was a huge fan of the book. Mm -hmm. And actually, about a month before he was assassinated, he said that the, the, the thesis of the book was possible. It was plausible in America. Mm -hmm. And then he gets killed the next month. Yeah. Any of you uh, folks out there uh, listening in, watching Seven Days in May, a uh, really good uh, movie. Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas, Frederick March, uh, a lot of good talent on that uh, cliff just says he just isn't george c scott in that too isn't he the general that's yelling I don't think so you're thinking about uh, dr strange love yeah, yeah yeah but i did see seven days in may as well though yeah uh good movie all right amigo you want all right well, the last that? thing yeah. i'll say is I, I i gave you that dvd i really hope one day you'll watch that movie men too that i gave maybe you. i'll watch it tonight yeah it's like i said just watch the trailer to see if you if the the trailer looks like something you would watch, All right. I think the trailer would make you want to watch it. There's country podcast says you really, I laughed really hard tonight, gentlemen. When you well, laugh really hard, do you get a boner? Is that what? <laughs> well, let me tell this to Dan then, since he's listening. As I left the house tonight, I was recording the Bears Seahawks playoff game of 06, which means I have the NFC Championship game left with the Saints. And of course, the Bears Super Bowl lost to the Colts, and then I'm going to mail you your games. Mm -hmm. So it's probably going to be Thursday or Friday when I mail. I've made him the '85 season and the '06 season in total. Cool. 
Hey, uh, on BCP yesterday, did you guys talk about something special we're doing for somebody at the bar room? I don't want to reveal much more than that right now. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. So um, I know um, BCP is, is listening in. I want to figure out a way where we could do this and keep it a secret and still try to achieve that goal. So um, I don't know how to do that. So let's talk tomorrow. Was this something about a GoFundMe? Yes. Okay. I got an email today, but yeah, we did not discuss this on air. Okay. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it as a team. Cause I, I, I think what would be really great. Everybody's wondering what the fuck are they talking about? Can't tell you not yet, but we will. Uh, it would be really great. If it was a complete surprise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and then next, next year when everyone's together. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so. I know the person we're talking about is listening in on the replay. And so uh, I don't want to give away too much because I like surprises. All righty. Uh, last, thing, last thing. And I got to go our week 18 mm -hmm. at our meaningless game. Are we going to wear matching fields jerseys since I still have mine? Fucking a. All right. So well, it's going to be photo. It'll be Trevor Simeon that day. Don't you think? Either way, I'm just saying, like, I kept saying, you got to get a Fields jersey. You got to get a Fields. And now you got a Fields jersey. So we should, that's a good photo op. That's right. And for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, Dan Aguirre bought me a Justin Fields jersey. And I am so grateful. Well, we didn't have to say that part. I was just going to say that at least you had it now. So, but here's, here's what I was thinking, Dan. Don't call me crazy, but do, um, <laughs> thank you, Vinny. Um, I, I'm I'm going to ask you to autograph that Justin Fields jersey. It would oh mean, no no man don't don't, don't let have any sign it. You it should would, wear it. It would mean more to me if my best friend Dan Aguirre signed that jersey, and then people would say, "Well, why the fuck do you got some guy named Dan Aguirre autographed?" That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Wear it. It's Justin Fields, man. I know, but it would be really cool to talk about. To tell people, yeah, that autograph is from my best buddy who bought me this jersey. Do you want to be my best buddy? But your jersey's I'll... white. It's white. If I sign, it'll fuck it up. No, if you do it on the number one with the, one of those silver uh, marquees. Okay, that maybe on the, on the back one, maybe mm -hmm. not the front one. Yeah. But then you you're in the pictures. They're always going to be like, "What the fuck is on the one?" <laughs> That's right. It's got to be in the back. The back one. There you go. All right, brother. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Be well. He is Dan Aguirre, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, what do I want to do here now? I just want to play a little video. But before I go, let me tell everybody that tomorrow it is Bardon Hockey Talk at 2 p.m. with my good buddy Vinny Parisi and my other good buddy, Frank Mueller, talking NHL hockey, a lot of Chicago Blackhawks talk. A lot of stuff has happened recently with the Blackhawks. I've been I've been, been following them as closely as I, as I like to, but uh, I know they'll have some good stuff on the Blackhawks and the NHL and also pop culture. I mean, and they'll talk football too and stuff. So give them a, a if you haven't uh, tuned into their show yet, it really is super entertaining. It's at 2 p.m. live, and you can always catch it on demand. And then uh, before 55 at 7 p.m. Central, we're going to preview that Packer game. Zachary Jacobson, is, uh, who's been on the show before talking Packers with us, he's an old buddy of mine from my NFC North 
barroom days. And so uh, we're going to have him on to give us the latest on the Packers. And so join us in the chat room and give him some shit if he dares say something nice about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and John will not be with us, so I'll, I'll be filling in for John and Alyssa is scheduled to join me as well. So that should be fun. And I think we might get the uh, Coach T in for our final segment because uh, we owe him a, a visit. He correctly predicted that Justin Fields would take off on this offense uh, uh, around week eight or so. So he was definitely correct. And I'd love to have him back on and see what other prognostications he has for the Bears. Then on Thursday, it's Crosstown Crosstalk, another great show by Vinny Parisi. And then at night, it will be um, the Mac and Reed show at 6 p.m. Central. And at 9 p.m., it'll be Science Fiction. So that's our schedule here for the next couple of days. And, of course, we got our weekend full of, of Bears football stuff. A lot of cool things. We're planning a lot of cool things for the offseason of the Bears, you know, because it's going to be – one of the most interesting off seasons for the Chicago bears in recent memory. It really, really is. And, you know, we're all going to have our opinions about who should be signed as a free agent, who we should draft and so forth. And that's always ton of fun. We all love to play general manager. So we're going to come up with some programming that's going to uh, make it all fun for us. So with that, I will say for Dan Aguirre, my name is Aldo Gandia. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye everyone. For listening to Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network and you give us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, my name is Nomke. Bear down. <laughs>